Happy Tuesday, another day. We are indeed grateful. Thank you for joining us for Praise and Worship Inside Coffee and Toe. The first 15 minutes, we always give thanks, express our gratitude. Coming up, we have the headlines. It is 10 after the top of the hour. Even second, no, no. 
you know So many they underrate L.A. do my elevate Baba, shame all of them with the hate My brother, God can bless anybody Make you no know, look good on anybody As you see me so No be by power, oh No be by sense, oh Nobody special pass My sister God can bless anybody Make you no know, look good on anybody As you see me so No be by power, oh No be by sense, oh No fee for for one person roof. Oh, you make I show you the proof. Now put that cup to me, I do. They let the matter pick in my corner. I see for the street. I don't see love, see, I don't take defeat. I don't see love, see, I don't take defeat. I don't forget when I beg for something to eat. Now I'm living large. Getting out of the garage. And the same boy with them laugh. Then you know, say I deplot my graph. Yes, yeah, so, oh. I no go ever like oh, time on no got my back oh. You must have heard of my story, so I say my brother God can bless anybody. Make you no look down on anybody. No look down. As you see me so, no be by power oh, no be by sense oh. Nobody special pass. My sister God can bless anybody. Look down on anybody As you see me so No be by power oh. No be by sense oh. Nobody special pass Special pass It is a quarter past the top of the hour. Time for us to go ahead and get started. Indeed, God can bless anybody. Listeners around the world, everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Tuesday, May 23, Turned Up Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee in Tow World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. It is where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And the me in everything is MI. And here's what we have coming up for you today in the Caribbean corner. This one is so sad. 
I'm sure many of you have heard about it by now, but the deadly Madia school dorm fire was maliciously set, and that story is out of Guyana. In Barbados, U.S. Embassy announces changes for receiving passports. Inspire Cayman partners with WORC for employability skills training. Grenada to receive 16.4 million pounds grant for water supply expansion project. Source of CXC math paper leak has been identified in Jamaica. JTA president demands meeting with government to address discrepancies over recent compensation review. Prime Minister foregoes salary increase. Massive um, salary increases for parliamentarians will not affect the country's finances. That's according to the BOJ governor. Prime Minister says low-wage environment has had a negative effect on the country's productivity levels. And Lisa Hanna says manly era eat what you grow, grow what you eat policy is an outdated concept. On the international scene, trade deal signing expected as DRC leader visits China this week. Nigeria commissions Dangote refinery in bid to end fuel imports. In South Africa, pupils in 3,000 schools still use pit toilets. In news out of North America, judge enters not guilty plea for suspect in stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students. Fake viral images of an explosion at the Pentagon were probably created by AI. A 72-year-old man becomes first of his seven siblings to graduate college and is chaired on by his proud 99-year-old mom. Republican Senator Tim Scott is officially running for president. <laughs> Don't have to laugh or have to cry. The AG who prosecuted George Floyd's killers has ideas for how to end police violence. In business and tech, well, we do have some business and tech news coming up for you. We have that story. Um, I'll get, get to the headline for that shortly. He visited the U.S. for his daughter's wedding and left with a $42,000 medical bill. Yes, that's in our health and sand segment. And a new nasal spray to reverse fentanyl and other opioid overdoses gets FDA approval. In sports news, Carmelo Anthony announces he is retiring from the NBA after 19 seasons. And believe it or not, news. A Popeye's franchise is under investigation for violating child labor laws. But here's the kicker. Allegedly asked minors to skip school to work oh boy daniel penny says he cannot be racist because he was planning a road trip through africa before jordan neely's murder so i guess colonizers could say they were not racist before embarking on their journey to africa <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Laugh. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're going to talk about that one. I'm telling you, it's like saying I'm not racist. I have a black friend, whatever. Uh, Minnesota prosecutors have dropped the sex abuse charges against R. Kelly and starring Taraji P. Hansen, Halle Bailey, Fantasia and more. The color purple trailer unveils fresh interpretation of Alice Walker's 
classic novel. I wonder if that book is in school. They're probably not in the schools anyway. But we're going to talk about, we're going to have the details of these stories. And we're definitely going to be having some great conversation. Can't wait to get to the Daniel Penny one. But before that, you know, a little music to wake us up a bit, get our blood pumping, get us going. It is Turned Up Tuesday. Here is Wycliffe Jean Two Rocks. Excuse me if you see me screaming, but deep in my mind, I'm only dreaming. Cause if I wake, girl, in your by my side I feel like half of me is no longer alive so please shorty before you walk out that door boobie would you listen to my song if only I give you one last chance with the devil you can no longer to be faithful, so we could be fruitful, build a family, and follow God's destiny, so just, before I run to the block, my feet, I might listen to your song, Ooh, before you walk out that door, listen, they said two wrongs don't make it right, make it right. so if I'm wrong, I ain't trying to fight, I'm trying to have some dinner with some candlelight Lay up in the bed and make love all night So baby, I won't leave, maybe I'll just stay but Promise me that you'll do the same Girl, I'ma love you like I never loved Touch me like you never touched Yo, me Yo, if you give me the chance, now, girl, baby, I'm gonna show understand. you That I forgive you But I ain't gonna forget That you brought me Baby, 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 baby but I have grown from a dog to a man. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in online. Thank you to the listeners on JohnnoRadio.com, the nonstop party vibe station. Download the Jano Radio app. J A H K N O. It is available in our Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. I get what I'm asking for, no matter what you say about life. Time I bleed. The truth is a stranger, soul is in danger. I gotta let my spirit be free to admit that I'm wrong and then change my mind. Sorry, but I have to move on and leave you behind. I can't waste time, so give it a moment. I realize nothing's broken. No need to worry about everything I've done. Live every second like it was my last one. Thank you to our listeners on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com for quality music while you work or play. Keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get get you through your day. Listen to the fear that's gone. 
remembers this one from Simply Red? Holding back the years. Twenty-five after the top of the hour. If you have somewhere to be at the bottom, you have five minutes. Please be safe. Turned Up Tuesday, we're playing yesterday's favorites, today's hits. The voice of Jesse McCartney, beautiful soul. I can squeeze in one more. Moving forward. I yeah, let me squeeze in this Bobby Brown for you. Look at yourself in the mirror, folks. You indeed have a beautiful soul. And do not let anyone tell you otherwise. And understand that you are good enough.
It is the bottom of the hour time for us to go ahead and get started. Thank you for this one, Bobby Brown. Kind of hard to cut it. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this one a bit too much. So I have a TikTok moment for you all. Think about this. We can talk about this one. Share your thoughts. A black dentist who owns her own practice implemented a new dress code that some people are praising, but others are calling it anti-black. So her dress code is no bonnets, no house shoes. No pajamas, or we will gladly reschedule your appointment. Again, her sign is no bonnets, no house shoes, no pajamas, or we will gladly reschedule your appointment. Some are praising it, but others are calling it anti-black. We're going to talk about that. But you know what? Let's go ahead and get started. And we're going to start off in the Caribbean corner. And for our first story, this one is so sad, Um, truly devastating. It is out of Guyana, um, the dormitory fire. Deadly Madia School Dormitory Fire maliciously set. Story courtesy of Caribbean.lootnews.com. Oh boy, this one really took an emotional toll on me when you think about it. Anyway. The Guyana Fire Service has confirmed that the fire, which claimed 19 lives at the Madia Secondary School female dormitory and left others injured, was maliciously set. At a media conference yesterday, it was revealed that the point of origin was identified to the southwestern end of the building. The scene was handed over to the police. The building in which the children stayed was described as a concrete and wooden structure with five doors and grilled windows. At the time of the fire, it was reported 56 children were at the dorm. President of Guyana, Dr. Irfan Ali, at the news briefing announced three days of official national mourning and as of 4 p.m. for all flags to be flown at half-mast in honor of the children. He described it as one of the saddest days in his life as president and said that Guyana is in pain. 
The president gave an update on the victims and stated that three of the girls went home for the weekend from the dorms. Thirteen girls died at the dorm. A little boy, five years, also died at the dorm, and five girls died at the hospital. Six girls were medevaced to the George to Georgetown, and seventeen are at the Madea Hospital with preparations being made to have three more medevaced to Georgetown. Of the thirteen lives lost. External assistance is required in DNA analysis to support the identification of the victims. The president said this support has already been sought from regional and international partners. The government has mobilized full counseling for all affected and pledged its full support to all the families and their children. He went on to say that he um, I'm supporting, as I have done to the family members already, our full unconditional unhindered support for the families of these children, whether it be medical, social, counseling, financial, transportation, accommodation, whatever the form of support required, the state will provide that support to the families and to the children. That one is truly... Are you hearing me, Chief? Is everybody else hearing? Please let me know. Yes, I hear you. Okay, so Chief, it's definitely you. Thank you so much, Javed. Thank you, Virginia. It's definitely you, Chief, not us. It's an Android thing. <laughs> ah, this one is so sad. Really is sad. Um, when I learned about it, it just it really messed me up. Boarding school, you send your children there, and to think that someone with malicious intent, and you already know what the human side of me is gonna say. If they find those who are indeed guilty, what should be done? But we just did praise and worship. So I'm going to let the, the spirit of the Lord remain with me and try, try to keep calm in all of this. For our next story, we head on over to um, Barbados. It is courtesy of stlucia.loopnews.com. U.S. Embassy announces changes for receiving passports. The U.S. Embassy in Barbados has a new procedure for receiving passports. Effective May 19, packages mailed directly to the U.S. Embassy will no longer be accepted. Packages received after May 19 will be returned to the sender without visa action. Applicants are advised to follow the updated instructions sent via email to ensure packages arrive at the courier location. The new process will ensure recipients are able to track the location of passport or passports using the airway bill. There is only one free approved location for drop-off and pick-up of consular packages included in the visa fee. So for my folks in Barbados, if you need to um, have any business with the U.S. Embassy in Barbados as it relates to your passports, uh, you'll need to take your things to the courier facility, which is the DHL head office in Bridgetown, DHL Express Barbados, Airport Commercial Center, Pilgrim Road in Christchurch, Bridgetown. All right, so changes have been made. Applicants residing outside of Barbados but within the consular district have the option of purchasing premium delivery service 
to collect their documents for an additional fee. All right. You must collect their documents from the DHL office in Barbados at no additional cost. So just a heads up for you folks. Inspire Cayman partners with WORC for employability skills training, story courtesy of cayman.loopnews.com. Michael Miles of Inspire Cayman shared that Inspire Cayman is partnering with Workforce Opportunities and Residency Cayman, WORC, to offer the tools for success employability skills training program to help Caymanians improve their skills. According to Inspire Cayman, students will learn more about the following in the course. How to develop successful strategies for getting and keeping a job. Communicating clearly, writing a resume, interview skills, managing workplace relationships, understanding employee benefits. The course will last eight weeks from June 12 to August 8, 2023, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Lunch and snacks are expected to be provided. If you are interested, the deadline to submit your application is May 25th, 2023. Application links have been provided by Inspire Cayman. Uh, just go online to Inspire Cayman and get more information, folks. According to Inspire Cayman, though, applicants must be Caymanian. All right. Should you have any questions, please go ahead and send an email to ready to work. That's ready, the number to work at gov.ky. Any questions, send an email to ready to work. That's ready, the number to work at gov.ky or telephone 945-9672. So this one is for my folks in the Cayman Islands. You have to be Caymanian, but there are um, opportunities available to help you. You know, it's such a shame that these things are not readily taught throughout schools. This should be a part of every school's curriculum. Managing workplace relationships, interview skills, resume writing, communicating clearly, developing successful strategies for getting and keeping a job. These things are so needed. We're going to hop on over to Grenada for our next story, courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Grenada is to receive £16.4 million, a grant for water supply expansion project. The United Kingdom, through its Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, FCDO, at the Caribbean Development Bank, CDB, has reconfirmed grant financing to Grenada of £16.4 million, under the United Kingdom Caribbean Infrastructure Partnership Fund facility. This is for the implementation of the capital phase of the Southern St. George's Water Supply Expansion Project. Due to several factors, including significant project delays, the FCDO expressed regret that it has been unable to secure UK CIF funding for the capital phase of the Western Road Corridor upgrade project. The government of Grenada has extended its gratitude to the UK government and the CDB for their gracious support, patience and commitment. 
Source of sexy math paper leak identified. This story came to the forefront last week. Caribbean.loopnews.com is reporting that the Caribbean Examination Council, CXC, has identified that the examination breach originated in, you want to guess which island, folks? <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't be laughing because this is not cute. Not, but who wants to take a guess as to which island they were able to identify the origination of the breach. Anybody? Nobody wants to take a wild guess at this one. I would think that the laughter would be a dead giveaway. All right. Yeah, we're laughing. We just don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> say it, Javis. Say it. Okay, I, I, I will leave it. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Please forgive me. I should not be laughing. This is not a good look. We need to do better. We need, we really need to do better. So I'm going to say. put it in all caps. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Yes, Virginia. <laughs> yes, folks. The breach originated in Jamaica. Oh, boy. Speaking to regional media registrar and CEO of CXC, Dr. Wayne Wesley, confirmed the leak of the 2023 Caribbean Secondary Ex uh, Cert Education Certificate, CSEC Math Paper 02. Dr. Wesley acknowledged that the fiasco was of great fiasco was of great concern as the paper was distributed across the Caribbean. However, investigations have identified the examination center where the leak occurred, but CXC has not named the individuals involved. The regional examination body has decided that the grading of the CSEC math paper will be based on multiple choice examination paper one. And the school-based assessment, SBA, or Paper 3, the alternative, SBA. The news of the security breach of the examination has caused much anxiety and concern as a result of the breach and compromise of the exam, as well as consideration for the mental health and well-being of our candidates and the timely release of results along with the matric matriculation requirements, CXC has determined that grades for this exam will be awarded using the modified approach. Dr. Wesley made that announcement on Friday. The modified approach entails assessment of the school-based assessment, which includes paper three and paper one, which is the multiple choice paper. This decision was communicated to the regional ministries of education in our meeting, he said. CXC would like to reassure candidates that the security of regional examinations is paramount and their best interest continue to be at the center of the organization's decisions and processes. <laughs> oh, boy. Why did it have to be Jamaica? Could it not have been another island? You know, we, we have enough going on. We don't need any more. Um, you know, everything as it relates to fraud and scamming and teething and chopping is just Jamaica at the forefront. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Jovan. <laughs> I, I think 
Jamaica has um, did a leapfrog over Africa. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh boy! Mercy. We say, listen, you know what, Jaffa? Anything we say we are do, we are do it to the best of our ability. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh boy. We take the lead, right? Anything we're doing, we say we are the best. So we are the best. <laughs> I think DJ Khaled has done some type of influence. <laughs> We're the best. <laughs> We're the best. He's done a couple of songs with your reggae artists, and now it's over. Wow. Oh I'm my god. I'm just adding to the joke. I'm just adding. To Listen, the joke. We, we we need the humor right now. We need it. And okay, I'm sick and tired of this feedback that I keep getting, but we need the humor. We definitely need it. It's you know we have a saying: "Have to bad things make joke," and it's so true. We we literally have to. We have to laugh to keep us from crying. Tasha says, our PM is the number one chopper. <laughs> Lead by example. <laughs> Lord of mercy. We the best. We say, another one. <laughs> Let me keep it moving. Let me keep it moving. So JTA president demands meeting with government to address discrepancies from recent compensation review. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. President of the Jamaica Teachers Association, JTA, LaSondra Harrison, is calling on the government to immediately respond to a request for a meeting to address multiple anomalies and discrepancies arising, excuse me, from the recent compensation restructuring exercise, and we do have a sound bite. We're not asking for additional. All we're asking is that that which you have agreed to give the teachers of this nation, that they actually receive what it is you have promised them. The cries of the teachers continue. They persist. The teachers to date are awaiting the care and due diligence of the government of this nation. Mrs. Harrison outlined some of the outstanding issues that are negatively impacting teachers across the island. Incorrect calculations resulting in teachers questioning their retroactive sums received. Some teachers received no retroactive sums at all. Some transitioned less, less than the promised 10% in the first year. Lack of established and circulated protocols with regard to resign teachers who have resigned and have retired in their accessing their retroactive sums. The recouping of allowances, there is the matter of the inactivation of maternity, paternity leave, calculation of remote inducement allowance on the existing scale definitely is a breach. According to Mrs. Harrison, the government appears unbothered by the potential negative impact on education. We call on every well-thinking Jamaican to join the call that what is the fair due of the teacher that the government of Jamaica responds and responds not 
tomorrow, not next week, not when they feel like, but that the government of Jamaica responds immediately because the working condition of the teacher is the learning condition of the student. The teachers of this nation are deserving of better. We should not be begging the government to respond to us. Meanwhile, the JTA president, Lassandra Harrison, says the government should consider calculating salaries for teachers in a similar way to that of the political directorate. What I would say is that perhaps they should consider calculating teachers' salaries in such a manner. I think that would cause us to retain many of our teachers in this nation. What we do is the minister said that we're magicians in his opening word comments in the in the March 7th in the parliament and so I think magicians are deserving of quality pay and whatever we have agreed to that we should at least get that (laughs) I like the sarcasm in her voice but is she wrong they're magicians right they must take nothing and make something they're not Jesus so they should be duly compensated and we cannot blame her Let us follow the lead of the political directorate indeed. Can't blame her. So, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, James. Good morning. Yeah, morning, everyone. Good morning. (laughs) Yeah, and and actually what she she said makes more sense for, like, public sector worker, like, especially teachers and nurses, right? Because um, the, the, the problem that Jamaica is always always have is like we're not able to retain our best teachers our best nurses the more experienced ones because they look for greener grass overseas right mm-hmm. um this whole idea of um increasing um wages in the political um arena to attract um more um better candidates or or to, to attract people you know that are, are more qualified it's it, it, that's like a joke because politics never work like that, you know. Like we don't we don't see like um, more like educated people and more professionals um, going into politics because of that. People just go into politics to thief. That that's been Jamaica history, right? <laughs> and and that like them saying that um, Jamaica does the history because. Most of the politicians, I would say about at least 25% of some of the politicians that are active right now, they were active when I was like a child. Mm-hmm. So, so how is it? So are, are you going to put them out um, to, 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 to get more qualified um, minds, like people that are, you know, because if, if, that, if that's the case, then yeah, that could work. If you're going to, if there was like a term limit where you say like, Okay, you can only run for two terms, and then we 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 vet like more qualified people. But if the same people are in there for twenty five years, thirty years, James, thirty years. So so the the whole idea of like you know like doubling or tripling the salary so you can attract new people, that's nonsensical or or whatever. It don't make any sense not- because you're not attracting. <laughs> there's no space for new people. At least. In at least a teacher now that is in Jamaica and she's working for like 15 years and, and have like a lot of expertise and, and experience in, in that field. Mm-hmm. If you double her salary now and she look and say like, I could go to Florida and make like 
so X amount of money per month. If you double her salary, chances are she's going to stay in Jamaica, right? Yes, because so, so, they, so, they want to stay, James. I'll, yeah, most people want to stay. Most people that leave Jamaica, the two things why people leave, they leave because of the crime and they leave because of um, not enough money. Mm -hmm. Two things. So fix those two things. Um, Jamaica would be overpopulated right now. I agree. So, yeah, so it makes no sense because I guarantee you, like, because the thing is, like, the two things that the, 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 the Minister of Finance said that makes no sense. Um, you don't pay someone, give someone big money now to encourage them to improve. They improve first and then you pay them what they're worth, right? Facts. So I, I guarantee you, like, if Jamaica, people in the diaspora and people in Jamaica, like, if, if we um, were closer now in the Andrew Owners government, if, if, if we saw, like, unemployment rate at, like, 5%, good paying jobs and stuff like that and this they got this money people wouldn't be as outraged as it is as we are right now if we saw crime like a rapid decrease in crime we saw like jamaica just like skyrocketing into like almost like what's happening with um um guyana if what's happening with guyana no the, the trajectory for guyana to be like a singapore in the next 15 years if that was jamaica then people would, would not have been so outraged. But you don't pay someone to improve. You improve first, and then you get the money. Mm -hmm. so, so it makes no sense. <laughs> oh, my dear, James. 30 years of non-performance, and then you get a boom, windfall. Hmm? So thank you for your non-performance. Isn't that what it sounds like? That's what it sounds like to me. I could sit in my position for 30 years, not do anything, and then to wake me up, <laughs> to keep me awake. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and then he's going to say like this, he's saying that this increase is going to force them to perform as if it's like a, one of those type of CEO jobs that's based on performance. Like, like the Jamaican people can say, okay, this particular minister did not perform the Minister of Health did not perform. Let's get rid of him. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not. It's not a, a position that, like a corporate job, where you know someone can fire. You have to be voted out. Mm -hmm. So it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Like he could perform like the worst, and his constituents still vote him in. The government can't get rid of him, and he's still <laughs> going to get that money. <laughs> so it makes no sense. <laughs> it's not corporate. Ah, oh, boy. Sweet, sweet Jamaica. Now left ya. <laughs> what else can I say? Hmm? Prime Minister, uh, though, James is foregoing his salary increase. That's according to Nationwide Radio JM. Amid public outrage, Prime Minister Andrew Holness has directed the Transformation Implementation Unit to remove the Prime Minister's compensation from the new salary scale. The Prime Minister's compensation will therefore remain at its previous levels. Additionally, there will be no retroactive payments for the Prime Minister's salary. In a media briefing a short while ago at the office of the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Holness says he is charged with keeping the country together. He says as leader of the country, he has to show solidarity with the people, noting that ministers do not carry such a burden. Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark last week announced salary increases totaling $1.7 billion for members of the political directorate under the revised public sector compensation structure. So my question is, what about the others? What about the others? 
okay let us say they get the salary increase do they have to get it retroactive because they didn't perform last year the only one who is in my opinion is um <laughs> um supposed to get it because i think him work for him is edmund bartlett what have the others done the in 2022 can we see their results did they but then again guess what we're yet to know what their job description is or their job descriptions are we don't know what standard they're held to what are the things that they must accomplish and within what time frame and so on and so forth because all of us here at some point when we <clears throat> excuse me have applied for a job and we go for an interview right Number one, before we even go, decide to apply for the job, we look at the job requirements. Isn't that what we do? And then we look within ourselves to see if from our past experience, we have what it takes to carry out the job. Isn't that what we do? And if we feel that um, majority of what they're asking for is not you know we're not capable of delivering we, we we don't embark on filling out an application but we and some of us we challenge ourselves and we say okay i can do 80 percent of what's here but i'm willing to challenge myself to take on the the additional 20 percent you go for the interview you talk about the kpis okay you get the job you're quoted a salary you're given a probationary period within which within that time frame you're expected to perform at a certain level after which there is a review that's done regardless of what your level is in the company right a review is done to see if you're meeting the basic requirements minimum expectations if not depending on attitude depending on your attitude they may give you an, some more time or they may part ways with you. After a year of employment, we said this last week, your, your salary is not doubled. It's your, your salary is increased based upon performance. PIP, isn't that what it is? Yeah, you're, 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 you're paid based on your performance. You're, you're, you sit down with your, your immediate manager or whomever. We talk about your successes and we talk about your areas of opportunity. If you're in a leadership role, we talk about how you plan to, you know, what steps you plan to implement to further improve on what you have already delivered on. Does this happen with our members of parliament? I don't think so. Otherwise, they would not be there for 30 years, if you ask me, James. None of them would be sitting there for 30 years if what happens in corporate was happening in the public sector. They would have been booted out after. And then again, that's if elections are called as they're supposed to be called every four years or every five years. But in Jamaica, you know, you, you choose when you can call election. You delay it as long as you can. To your benefit. To your benefit. So, okay, you, you realize the fire you were coming under, so you have decided to forego your salary increase. Not because you really want to. 
you're under public pressure. So let us talk about the salaries of the, the um, other members of parliament. Let us talk about the salary of the governor general. We need to discuss that as well. Because we're still not pleased. Nowhere in the world I ever hear about your pay people for not performing. I never hear about this yet. Massive. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Javed. Please go right ahead. So, does anyone really believe that he is not going to take a pay increase? Well, I, I find that suspect. I, I kind of find it suspicious too. I'm not going to lie, um, Javed. I do find it suspicious. But we have, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's doing that is in an effort to try to retain votes. That's what I think it is. Not because he's sincere. The way that your books are audited, you won't really know if he did it until years later. True, 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 true. You know, in the chat, um, let me go back here. Michelle says, great point at James. They do not and probably will elevate new or strong, 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 <laughs> lapsing this morning, new or strong talent to be a minister right away. Now happen. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that doesn't go far enough. Like, I think you have to roll back everything. And mm -hmm. do something, do something sensible, like twenty-five or fifty percent. Okay. Um, the retroactive, no, no, because that that's that, that's running into the billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And and like as I said, like not when, not when. You know, we see improvement. Jamaica, Jamaica is like, you know, like one of them hot girls where you know do them BBL and them type of thing and them look good outside. You know, that's how I describe it. So, so me going to Jamaica now, the last time, you know, I got to Jamaica and you're like, my gosh, like I, I don't recognize Jamaica because infrastructure, like, has changed within the past 15 years. The highways and, and the, the new high-rise buildings going up and it look good, but when you dig deeper, when you dig deeper into it and you're like, okay, the highways are owned by the Chinese government. A lot of those high-rise buildings that's going up are foreign investors, and it 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 looks good, but it doesn't really trickle down to the everyday working people. Like where I come from, when when I if if I go in that era, the ghetto that ghetto era is still a ghetto era. Like the the, the you still find those young men on the street like rolling up spliff and stuff like that. So it looks good. The hotels look good going up. But as we know, most of the money stay outside of Jamaica. And even though like we're grateful for the employment that um, comes from the hotel, it's still not livable wages for the most part. The, the most beneficial thing with, with, with some of those hotels is that some of the worker them find man or woman and, and they migrate. <laughs> no, honestly, like honestly, like that's like I've been in the hotel industry over 20 years, and I even when I tell people. If you go, just go to an all-inclusive hotel in Jamaica. If you find an hotel that you love and you're like, I'm going to go back to this hotel. If you go back to that hotel and you see the same bartender that you saw last year, that's, that's a miracle. 
because I'm guarantee you that some woman is going to look at that bartender and say, yo, I can't find a man in America, I'm going to marry him and bring him up. No, seriously, yeah. as that, that is the biggest benefit of the hospitality industry in Jamaica. Because I was working, like I, I used to work at Pegasus, and sometimes you go there and you have to like hide and eat all a steak or some shrimp or some lobster. Because you know that this, like a surf and turf with like a, a nice piece of steak and some lobster, that is your weekly salary per one plate. And you just have to either eat it at the hotel because you, you serve these <laughs> fancy food and you go home and you eat tin mackerel. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so that's the reality. So it looks good, but until it starts trickling down, until like Jamaicans start making livable wages from all these benefits, stuff that's coming in, then it, 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 it's not changing. The highway is not ours. Mm -hmm. So it looks good, but it's not ours. The, hotel, the hotels are not ours, you know? All right. Thank you, James. Massive salary increases for parliamentarians. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I think this is going to answer something James said. James says like Jamaica is like that hot girl with the BBL. But based on what this next article is going to say, I wonder. Remember last week people were saying Jamaica must have money. Well, the Bank of Jamaica governor is saying that massive salary increases for parliamentarians will not affect the country's finances so clearly he knows something that we the people don't know nationwide radio jm is reporting that the governor of the bank of jamaica richard biles says the increase in salaries for members of the political directorate will have no material impact on the state of the country's finances i believe that when you look on the quantitative impact I believe I read somewhere it's about 1.7 billion. I'm not sure if that's for one year or for the three-year period. Uh, in any event, that's not a very substantial impact from an inflation point of view. The BOJ boss was answering questions at a quarterly media briefing yesterday. It will cost the government about $1.7 billion to cover the salaries of parliamentarians plus councillors in municipal corporations across the island. Governor Bowles says that the sum accounts for only a small portion of the near $100 billion being spent to cover salaries and retroactive payments under the broader public sector restructuring exercise. He says, in general, wage increases, whether in the public or private sector, may only move the inflation needle by as much as half of the percentage point. Our comment on wage increases generally, whether it's a minimum wage, it's a wage increase to civil servants or the wage increase to parliamentarians, we see it in the same way. That whilst it may be justified in, to a certain extent, we look at it carefully because it can have inflationary impact, particularly if it demonstrate it has a demonstration effect, which means that persons who were considering, let's say, 10% feel, no, I can ask for 15%. That's what is of some concern to us. But otherwise, wage increases generally at whatever level for whatever group we think has an impact of about 0.5% on inflation. So why are we complaining then, James? Why are we complaining? Women, you see, you see, they're, they're <laughs> hoping, they're hoping that Jamaican people are stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Because what what the average Jamaican um, person is not going to realize 
that, that same person that's speaking was appointed by the prime minister, right? Mm -hmm. There was a backlash when, when, when the prime minister was involved in, in, in get, getting a position. So, of course, you're going to say that. <laughs> of course. What, what else is he going to say? Is, wasn't it, isn't it these same people we're talking when, when they're talking about um, um, nurses and, and police officers? Every time these, these people are supposed to get an increase, it's going to affect... It's going to affect um, um, the overall because what, what we need to look at, how much per dollar, like the, the, the debt that we're servicing with, with like IMF or, or whatever, um, you know, overseas entity that we, we, we owe money. Like, I, I think at the worst point, we're paying like about 40 cents on a dollar. I don't know what it is today, but that's what we need to look at um, because... Like him trying to convince us that somebody getting a two hundred or three hundred um, percent um, increase don't affect that—that's nonsense, you know. But but here the contradiction, no, or I'm you know I may be still emotionally hung up on the Ghana story with the dormitory fire, but um, Michelle, I'm gonna I I pulled up the article with regard to the cabinet reshuffle, so Michelle's question in the chat is. Can we add the changes in cabinet position assignments? What is your take on cabinet members being assigned to different areas with no educational or previous professional experience in the area assigned? So we're going to talk about that. But I want to read this article because I find it a little contradictory. And I may be um, missing something because I'm fully dunce, according to the prime minister. Many of us are fully dunce. So I may be missing something and you all probably can, you know, get me up to speed or shed some light or make me understand so the prime minister says low wage environment has had a negative effect on the country's productivity levels but what did the boj man just say all right let's get into this one Prime Minister Andrew Holness says Jamaica's long-standing low-wage environment has exasperated the problems that contribute to the country's chronically low levels of productivity. And we do have a sound bite. The issue of pay, it's, you know, that's, that's not going to change how I feel or is going to somehow miraculously make us um, more efficient. That's not, that's not the issue. The issue is that the society as a whole has a very low wage level. And that low wage level has compounded issues of increasing productivity. People ask what comes first. Is it the productivity or is it the wage? <laughs> the Prime Minister was speaking last Friday at a handing over ceremony under the new social housing program in Northeast St. Catherine. He says the public sector restructuring exercise is a necessary step in the process toward higher levels of accountability and increased productivity. One, we have to restructure our compensation, particularly in the public sector, such that it is more aligned to effort and creates a greater incentive for output. But also, we have to increase accountability, and we have been increasing accountability. That as persons are paid more, Targets are set, records are kept, and the principals, meaning those persons who have authority, are ensuring that those persons who are given tasks actually do them and are held to account for targets and results.
I sincerely hope that someone in the office of the prime minister is right now as we speak doing up a job description for every ministry and for every position within the ministries whether you clean the floor or you are head of that ministry a job description needs to be there for everybody so i sincerely hope something is being done also a review process how often are we going to be reviewing your performance is it every year every two years or every four years right now i will be happy with every two years until you know because we don't want people getting comfortable so Miss B put in the chat. I'm sick of Andrew Lopez. This is clearly a chopper move. I mean, a political strategy. And we have to agree. He's doing that so people will vote for him in the next election, giving people what they want so he can get what he wants. And the unfortunate thing is that people will fall for it. We have short term memory issues. We have short-term memory issues in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, moments. And even the, the BOJ guy, the, that what he's saying don't make any sense. Because I think I heard a part of it where he's talking about public sector and he was saying, like, they don't really worry about, like, the increase don't really affect um, our standing that much. And, and he mentioned that only, like, if, like, someone was supposed to, like, public sector were entitled to like a 10% increase or 15% and they asked for 20, then that would kind of move the needle. So that don't make any sense because <laughs> we're not, we're not talking about a 10%, 15%. As I said, like personally, like I would feel more comfortable with like 25%, right? But not 300, 200%. I've never seen in the history of any, I've never, I don't know if anyone in this room can point out any country where any leader or even even in corporate get like a 300% increase. That's unheard of, you know? And, and the thing is, like, the idea that you pay someone, because, because when, when, people, when people are going to hustle, they're going to hustle. Like, if you're a thief, you're a thief. No matter <laughs> how much money you get, you're still going to hustle. And, and the thing is, like, for us as... as any in any country in the world, if if you believe that politicians are not going to hustle, something is wrong with you. Like even even in Toronto, just the other day, like in my area, they're building like a new transit that costs eleven billion dollars. And every time I pass the 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 the, the, the stops the, for the, the the transit, the stops are built in like glass. And I'm talking to someone the other day, and I'm saying I wonder if this must be planned, because I guarantee you that there's a a cleaning glass company that's going to pop up, that's going to make millions of dollars cleaning these all of these um, subway stops. And that is what politicians do. They hustle. You know, sometimes <laughs> we just have to say, you know what, we, we accept you as a thief, but just thief and leave some for the people. And, and I don't have a problem with that. Like, if, if Andrew, if Andrew always want to be a thief anymore, like, you know, like, remodel the airport, but him get him, him cousin company and and him cousin make sure that the money is not 
they're, they're not killing Jamaican people and him get a 5%, I'm okay with that. But don't thief from with and then increase your, 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 your thing because you're still going to thief. So and you say, it must be a conscientious thief. A thief yeah, man, with just, some just conscience. Thief with conscience, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, all right, so let's talk about the cabinet reshuffle, courtesy of JamaicaGleena.com. Go right ahead before I go on. Go ahead, Daniel. Good morning. Yeah, morning, morning. So I was just wondering, mm -hmm. um, if he's saying that um, historically there are very low, low wages in Jamaica that is linked to the low productivity, how are you going to, you were talking about job description for every ministry and stuff, but how are you going to motivate the PSAs and the people in the ministry when you give the bosses at the top exorbitant increases and these people are not getting anything mm -hmm. significant? Wouldn't the productivity even drop? Mm -hmm. Because people would say, well, is you getting that money? I don't need to do all that work because mm -hmm. you get that money. So then how is that a fix? I don't understand the dynamics. I really don't understand the dynamics of how <sighs> things work in Jamaica when it comes to those kind of things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any logical sense to me, the way they go about doing it, to tell you the truth. Hmm. What we, we do, I don't even know what to say, Donald. Honestly, I don't even know what to say, you know. So, um, per Michelle's request, we're going to talk about the cabinet reshuffle, all right. Um, uh, according to the JamaicaGleaner.com, Dr. Dana Morris Dixon, uh, newly appointed government senator to be appointed minister without portfolio in the office of the prime minister for skills and digital transformation. Anybody familiar with that person? Morris Dixon, Dr. Morris Dixon. I don't know. Audley Shaw removed former transport and mining minister. Okay. So he has been removed. Who is going to take his position? Transport and mining. Anyway, let me just read. Okay. Um, Carl Samudo retired or resigned. <laughs> former labor and social security minister well word is that he had said long ago he was going to be retiring or resigning hmm. senator leslie campbell former state minister in the ministry of foreign affairs and foreign trade so all right movements jc hutchinson state minister in the ministry of science energy Telecommunications and Transport, formerly Minister of State and the Minister of Transport and Mining. What was JC's performance in the previous role as Minister of State in the Ministry of Transport and Mining? I don't know. Well, being moved to State Minister. You see, when they're going to highlight these things in the media, they need to let us know what these people were able to accomplish in their previous roles. And what they are expected to do in the current role. I think that's only reasonable because we're seeing these movements. And for those of us um, who are not really keeping abreast or staying on top of the, each ministry, because a lot, right? At least this will give us a little more um, meat on the bones to talk about. Sometimes these people accomplish nothing in their previous Damn role. Damn right. So they're moving them to another role, hoping that the person that replaced them would accomplish something. So, Donnell, let me ask you a question. Tell me, in your job, in all your life, 
reflect from when you start working till now. When you were underperforming in one role, did they move it to another role? Well, before I go to that, <laughs> there is qualification to do my job. There is no qualification okay. to be a politician. Mm-hmm. Just get enough people to vote for you. There is no prerequisite. There is no bar. There is nothing. Mm-hmm. You get the votes. That's however you get the votes. You're in charge. That's it. What ministry you think I should well, want to get into? If you put in the teeth part that James. <laughs> That's a prerequisite. You have to know for teeth. But <laughs> I would like to know what ministry I would be fit for. Yeah, yeah moment. I I think the only two ministry that I've heard, like honestly, I can say like, okay, performance. Are you can you can appraise their performance? I would say, you know, we say tourism already, right? Mm-hmm. So tourism is one, and and you would say like, um, ministry of finance. You can appraise it, even though like. Huh. That would be like a fail. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a fail, but at least you can see you can see what's going on to 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 really grade it. But you can't really grade anything else. Like um, what's his name? Transport guy. Um, mm. what's his name? He. I'm happy. That Vaz. He, no, no. Um, what's his name? Adler Shaw. Oh, Shaw, who is now Shaw was removed from former transport and mining minister. Uh huh. Yeah. So Adler Shaw. Because remember, Adishar was sick for like a while and he couldn't even speak and stuff like that. Remember, I came back to cabinet with that rousing applause and stuff like that. Adishar, like, was one of those people that kind of meet Christopher Columbus when Christopher <laughs> Columbus was coming to discover Jamaica. He was right on the shore to greet him. That man has been in politics for over a thousand years. <sighs> um, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know why he's... Di- like a lot of these people can barely walk. Like they're coming into cabinet with walkers and they're still in there. Like transportation is one of the things. Like as I said before, that, that thing should be almost like you, you, you create a ministry that's non-political. That because the problem with our transportation system is every time a party change, the system change and just it just from the from the um JUTC bus going back to the they um remember back in the sixties and the seventies when when who, who formed that system? Like I can't remember the name. JOS. Uh, is it JOS? Jamaica Omnibus Service. Yeah. And then and then that party changed, and then you have the the, the, the Chichi bus and the, the quarter. <laughs> Do you remember that? And then that get crashed, and then now you have the JUTC. So it's just it's yeah, that 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 means you need to, to be private and 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 have like a board that no political party can influence it. Mm-hmm. A separate board from from that's non-political. Um, but yeah, like they need to just get rid of all of them. All the politicians, Bob's the Grange need to go. Um, like all of them need to go. Like, all right, so make, so make we run down the rest of the list. <clears throat> J.C. Hutchinson, Minister, State Minister in the Ministry of Finance, Energy, Tele- Telecommunications and Transport, former Minister of State in the Ministry of Transport and Mining. Pernell Charles Jr., new Labour and Social Security Minister. This is the third ministry he'll be heading since 2020. He was moved from agriculture and fisheries, yes, because he might bring in the artificial goat them. But this is his third ministry. This is his third ministry. Hmm? What were the other two? I mean, the other one. We know about agriculture and fisheries. Which was the one before that? In three years, 
you're being moved. So, something is wrong. I saw you just a shuffle and a shuffle and a shuffle. It's like you're doing um musical chairs. Only thing this one, everybody's giving a chair. Them just rotate the chairs. Get up. We're going to move the chairs. And you play the music and wherever the chair them stop, you sit on another chair. That's how it feels. That's how it feels. You know? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, boy. Um, next up. So we have Floyd Green is now the new Minister of Agriculture, Fisheries, and Mining. Portfolios were previously held by Colonel Charles Jr. and Audley Shaw. Green was a minister without portfolio in the office of the Prime Minister. What are your thoughts on him? Can somebody go market and get some brooms for me, please? We need some new broom. Them say old broom. No, they can't the best, but the old broom thing now go work. We need some brooms. Dalvas. Transport and telecommunications portfolios have been added so he might get more work. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Transport and, te and te telecommunications portfolios have been added to his Ministry of Science and, and um, Science and Energy. What has his track record been? That is it. Has it been astounding that he has, is he's now worthy of getting more work added to him, or is he going to buckle? What's going to happen? Vaz, talk to me. You can manage. Juliet Cuthbert Flynn, State Minister in the Ministry of National Security, previously served as Junior Minister for Health and Wellness. Is that a good move? I don't know. What was her track record as Junior Minister for Health and Wellness? And it seems as though none of us know what really are going in a John shop. It's like you're going to the shop. And you remember when you used to look at the bottom of the shelf to the right, that's where you'd find a tin mackerel and take it and then move it to the top left-hand corner. And then move it up and it costs a little more money. That's it. As, as per James, one of the best performing ministries has not submitted a report to the Auditor General in three years. <laughs> that is the finance ministry. And these are the ones responsible for dispersing the how much one to have a billion dollars and PRIs and whatever. And that's one of your best performing ministry. So tell me, what's going on with the rest that haven't probably done something in 10 years? Marsha Smith. Oh, sorry, so, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So you haven't even been looking at to see even how these institutions are operating. But we keep talking about money and money. First of all, you probably don't know where we're making, where we're losing, where we can cut back, where we could reallocate. There is no performance standard. Because if at that level there is no accountability, who is going to take you serious? What's going on within the ministry? How are you going to get people that are not motivated, not productive to even produce? So then what will be the, the net impact of all that money you're paying out how is it, even if it, mot what it would it motivate the, 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 the same politicians to do? To actually do their job now? Because they're obviously not doing their jobs if their ministries are run in shambles. I'm just asking. Unanswered questions, Donald. 
Marsha Smith, I know her. We went to school together. She's from the same place I am from. They have now moved her from Minister of Finance and Public Service, which I never thought they should have put her in in the first place. She's a lawyer. She's from a family of lawyers. She, in my opinion, based on her legal expertise, she would have been better off in the Ministry of um, National Security. But they put Juliet in National Security and they're putting Marshall in Education and Youth. She previously served as State Minister, the Minister of Finance and the Public Service. I don't know what her accomplishments were in that role. But I don't think education is the best fit for her. What was, where's Chuck? Chuck is what? Um, Delroy Chuck is what? What Minister Delroy Chuck in? Somebody remind me there, please. That's where she belongs, if you ask me. I think that's where she would, um, Minister of Justice. That is where she needs to go, if you ask me. Why are you going to put her in education? Well, I guess because her mother was a teacher. One of her sisters is a teacher. I don't know. Is that the reason why? But again, I think it's a poor use of resources. Xavier Main, State Minister in the Ministry of Finance and the Public Service. Who is that? I never heard of this person. Who is Xavier? Xavier, Xavier. State Minister in the Ministry of Finance and Public Service. Alando Terrellong, State Minister in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade. So we're looking at the movement of state ministers, but what we're not seeing is the movement of the ministers to, to some large degree. The only thing we see moving here, we have Vaz. No, Vaz only had an addition, but in terms of movement, you have Floyd Green, Pernell Charles, those are the only two ministers that have been moved around. So everybody else is state level. So the others are allowed to continue to not perform then. Is, is that it? Or is it that with the movement of the state ministers, we should see an improvement of the ministers? Is that what we're hoping for? Is that what we should expect? Because how are we, and let us say that is what we're expecting. How are we going to see true movement when you have people setting against stubborn ways? And no, you are with them. You got to do things their way. Is, is this reasonable? I think we need to chop off the head. It could be that because you pay some people so much money, you have to give the impression that you're doing something. So you shake up the cabinet, you shake up, shake up the different ministries and portfolios. So because you just put out all the money, you don't want to keep people in positions probably where people could point to say they've been there forever, not doing anything, they're not performing. So by doing that, you're saying you're making an effort to, to get the train moving and to, to, to change up stuff a bit. And people should be more competent maybe in the new roles. So maybe it's all political. Them tech, them, listen, Donnell, you know what I'm going to do? Take people for idiot. That's what it is. They're taking us for a bunch of fools. Well, them say we're done already. Because that speech he made last week, he was not only attacking the opposition, he was also attacking the nation. When he talks about hypocritical, he's also attacking the nation. 
he wasn't just calling the opposition dunce. He was calling the entire Jamaica dunce and Mena take that back. Yeah, and, and mom, because because there's no there's really no job description when you look for these politicians. So so you don't know how to grade them. And most of the poli the politicians that are in um certain offices like we have a history of getting lawyers and and people um in certain positions which is which is okay but i feel like you know they have to get either they get like a like a board or they get um people that's proficient in 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 the area that they are in like for example i believe that the you know the the finance minister of finance and minister of security should be like the two top priority for jamaica everything else can come go way back but finance and 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 security and these guys those extra money that those extra money that they are getting those should go to other people bringing experts to work along with them because most of these guys are not experts in the office that they are they're sitting in mm -hmm. so you get like a crime expert and and you pay them i don't care pay them you know a hundred million or whatever if they have a plan that they can sit down with you and say like this will help to alleviate crime with a proven but hold on james but they must have a proven track record right yeah, a proven track record okay. yeah yeah someone that, that, that that's why i say expert and like with the finance hold on one second javet one second go ahead james yeah, like with the, say for example the finance minister because mm -hmm. as i said like jamaica has been like you know 50 50 or 60 40 informal for for, for the past like for decades, for about four decades now, you know, put a plan together, get someone to work with the finance minister and say, look, we're going to create a team and we're going to bring Jamaica to 70% formal. Mm -hmm. We're going to go in those areas and find mechanics, you know, find barbers, find hairdressers, find people and educate them and, and, and bring them on the tax, the tax um, stream so that 50% of Jamaicans are not working and making millions of dollars and not paying taxes mm -hmm. and, 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 and all these tax revenue, potential revenue out there, we're not getting, you know, have a plan, but they don't have a plan. They don't have a job description. So we don't know to grade them. Right. All right. Thank you, James. Go right ahead, Javet. My question was, I know we keep saying there's no job description, but has anyone really searched to see? All right. Just throwing that out. Let, let's look. No, since you brought that up, that and I'm glad you raised that. Um, job description of um parliamentarians. Uh, of job description of member of parliament, um, in Jamaica. Glad you brought that up. So let's see what they have. Let's see what we can find. Oh, want <laughs> you know the funny thing there an up, up pops an article from 2012 wanted job descriptions <laughs> so this is nothing new <laughs> oh boy so let us see um let me look at this article here and see if it says anything about job descriptions and this article is courtesy of the Jamaica Gleaner, dating back to March to 2012. Before the recent general election, the call was raised for the job description of members of parliament to be published quite reasonable. Um, because if 130 plus people put themselves forward as candidates for 63 jobs, at least the voters would be clear on what MPs are called upon to do. 
The job description will also give an idea of the qualifications necessary for the job. No description was forthcoming. <laughs> so this of 2012. How much years that got by? Then Jamaica don't want big puppy show country. Hold on. Let me be the girl deeper. That, that we must have had a job description since 2012. Ah, Lord. Speaking up for your constituents' concerns in Parliament, in votes, and in debates, or in the media. That's it, folks. Your moments, don't we say, they've, they've never been, like, in Jamaican <laughs> history, there's never been a description. Like, as a as a constituent, um, the leader of a constituency, you're... you're expected to show up before election you know <laughs> um you know help help with some school fee and some food and whatever and then closer to election you come and you bring the goat and you bring the white rice and the stuff um but in terms of as i said like minister of finance uh minister of transportation and stuff like that those are easy stuff to to, to put out um to define and say okay this is what you're supposed to do you know, this is what's expected of you. And 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 in areas that need improvement, like um, the, the finance, like this is what we want to accomplish in our term. Mm -hmm. You know, like the finance ministry have done good things, but the only the, the, the only way we can, if you follow politics and you see what I mentioned earlier, that Jamaica was paying like a 40 cents on, on the dollar to the IMF or... Um, outside um sources and then they brought they, they paid down the debt so um and and you look at gdp and stuff like that if you're following you can look at those things but there's no defined um, there's none thing that's outlined where you can go on the, the the government or the gis jamaica information service, service and uh -huh. see any outline stuff that this is what is expected of the finance minister it's not there all right, so I found something online here, and this is courtesy of bunting.org.jm, and this is, um, MPs have responsibilities to two main groups, their constituents and to parliament. One MP is elected to the House of Representatives by each of Jamaica's 60 constituencies. MPs' duties in parliament include participating in debates and voting on legislation and other matters. They may also be members of committees examining new laws, or the work of government departments. Some have a role as a minister in government or a spokesperson in opposition. MPs can, can help their constituents by advising on problems, particularly those that arise from the work of the government departments, representing the concerns of their constituents in parliament and acting as a figurehead for the local area. All MPs have Parliament mailing addresses or have arrangements for their mail to be dealt with or redirected when they are away from Kingston. All right. If an MP has an office in his constituency, you should be able to find the telephone number in the local telephone directory um, under the Members of Parliament. Um, MPs are generous with their advice and they will generally, they will generally try to assist their constituents with a wide range of problems there is no job description for an mp it is up to an individual mp which cases he takes on 
However, MPs are more likely to be able to help with problems concerning central government services. Services such as benefits, pensions, national insurance, and other matters dealt with by the relevant ministries and agencies, immigration and other problems, tax problems involving the Inland Revenue Department, customs and excise, problems with the NHF, school grants and closures. Problems with local authority services can be raised with a local councillor. Your MP will generally do everything he or she can to help constituents but will not be able to support every cause and may feel that they are not the best person to help. If they are unable to help, they may refer you to someone more appropriate, such as a local councillor or a representative of another local, local organization. For legal advice, you may be referred to a solicitor or attorney. So um, there is no job description. <laughs> so you can't go in there and do anything where you want to. Run it all you are, run it. And to think that since 2012, March 2012, prior to the election that was happening in what, 2013 or 2014, somewhere there, there was a call for a job description and they did nothing, sought to do nothing. So what I tell you, what does that tell you, folks? The people of Jamaica, what does that tell you? That neither PNP nor JLP nor really care. They don't. Six or one, half a dozen or the other were between a rock and a hard place. So when my son needs money for go market and buy some broom, we need to sweep out everybody and get people in there who care from the top to the bottom. They don't give a damn. Otherwise, they would, there would have been a call to action. Concerns were raised, rightly so, so that we know if the person that we're voting for is competent. But they ignored that. They failed to do anything. They failed. Yeah, yeah. For the, the, the MPs, like I'm okay with the MP not having a job description. Like you have an outline to say, like, okay, make sure you show up in your community and, and thing. Because to be honest, the MPs in Jamaica are giving basket to care water. It's not a, it's not a good being an MP in Jamaica is never a good thing. Where the job description comes in is when you get an office. As I said, finance, you know, transportation education that's where the description comes in but for a regular mp and i understand because i i come from a garrison and i understand why mps don't come to their constituents regular because especially if if you're from upper saint andrew and stuff like that you'll see those people more upper saint but, andrew <laughs> yeah but but if you're from if you're from you know where i am from you don't want to come there as an mp because everybody want you know, school, bag, book, stuff like that. But and James, hold on a second. Hold on a second because I need to wrap up. But you're just pointing out something. Everybody wants school, bag, and then something. There. Wouldn't it be better that the, the money that everybody was granted, given, you know, better them take that money yearly and pump it into seeing to it that every child has the opportunity to get an education? Wouldn't that have been better? Yeah, and, and that's why the good thing, I think, I don't know if it's Andrew that came up with it or it was Portia, but the constituency fund was a good thing. It's just that we need more money in it. And the MPs, 
get to control that fund and are able to to pump into in, into their communities. That was a good a good idea, but you just need way more money, and and so the MPs can show up in their areas more, and you know use that fund in the best way to to to, to develop their communities, whether it's sending right. back people to school and stuff like that. All so right, that gotta wrap up, thing. gotta wrap up, James. Yeah. All right. So a quick comment from the chat. Another issue: Why are MPs assigned to areas where they don't live or even have a residence in? <laughs> kind of like politics here in the states, Michelle. Same thing. They represent areas they don't live in. Such a shame. Hmm. So in our next story, um, Lisa Hannah says, "Manly era, eat what you grow, grow what you eat." Policy is an outdated concept story courtesy of nationwide radio member of parliament for southeast saint Anne, lisa hannah says the michael manley era policy of eat what you grow and grow what you eat is an outmoded concept she made the comment last week during her contribution to the sectoral debate other countries madam speaker have built their per capita wealth for their people in less than 10 years and for too long we have not been building ours so I want to make a proposal, um, and I know that when I say this, some persons, their backs might get up, but I'm going to say it anyway. When Michael Manley came out with Eat What You Grow and Grow What You Eat, it was relevant to that time. It was 50 years ago, and it was a concept because of the prevailing economic global circumstances, which actually forced us to look inward to plant and feed for ourselves. Ms. Hannah says it's important for the country to shift to an export model where land and labor are used more efficiently. 50 years later with globalization, that concept is not focusing outwards. And what we really ought to be saying is support our farmers, grow efficiently, and export for wealth creation, Madam Speaker. Because moving forward... Um, the philosophy proposes that we can plant everything, but we don't have the conditions or the terrain to plant everything for ourselves. And so people get confused that if we plant everything, then we don't have to import anything. It's not true. We can't plant rice efficiently. We just don't have the mechanism to plant rice. But, Madam Speaker, the fact is that that policy as well and when we say it, it does not support small farmers. That was Lisa Hanna, MP for South East St. Anne. Well, at least we have some good news. Thank you, Donald, for sending this one over. But Donald, why it won't open? How Grenada is turning itself into a chocolate destination. All right. I got it. It's finally opened up. All right. So recently, high in the hills of St. Andrew Parish in Grenado, a grove of cocoa trees planted or cacao trees granted me temporary reprieve from the scorching sun. I was wandering, wandering around Lester Estate, a 200-year-old, 75-acre farm owned by the family of 30-year-old Bobby Garbutt. She's a veritable Willy Wonka mining the thousands of cacao trees here to make specialty chocolate. Little buttons that, thanks to intercropped fruit trees whose flavors infiltrate the soil, naturally pop with the woodiness of nutmeg, the sweetness of banana, and the tang of passion fruit and civil oranges. 
Grenada has the ideal environment for chocolate production. Squarely situated within the chocolate growing region that exists only 20 degrees north or south of the equator, and with hilly terrain that drains water runoff to avoid suffocating cacao tree roots, Grenada has loamy volcanic soil that supports Criollo or Criollo. Did I say that right? I know somebody will let me know. And Trinitario trees from which fine flavor cocoa is made. Only 12% of exported beans globally have this designation compared to the bulk beans from Forastero trees found in most parts of the world. Though once the world's largest exporter of cocoa under British rule in the 1760s, Grenada later went two and a half centuries without a domestic chocolate-making company, encumbered in large part by colonialism and slavery. But a pro-private business surge in the 1990s following Grenada's 1974 independence from Britain and the prime ministerial terms of trade unionist Eric Gehry and the communist Maurice Bishop invited innovative enterprises to grow with the trailblazing Tree to Bar Grenada Chocolate Company, opening in 1999 under the notion that profits from chocolate should go to farmers instead of the Grenada Coca Association or foreign producers. Following that lead, Belmont Estate, Crayfish Bay Organic Chocolate, Jouvet Chocolate and Taste the Spice Chocolate, along with Tri Island Chocolate, have since opened as chocolate-making businesses in the last decade. Garbutt, whose family owns Calabash Luxury Boutique Hotel, a um, chateau property that offers estate tours, chocolate tastings, and chocolate-forward takes on Caribbean cuisine, has recently created in Lester Chocolate, the seventh and newest bean-to-bar chocolate business in the 125,000-person nation, earning Grenada the distinction of having the most chocolate factories per capita of any country in the world. You know, I'm thinking here, Am I see, have I ever seen any of these chocolates in Jamaica? Where do they export to? Do they export any at all, Donald? Is Donald here? Yeah, do they export any at all, Donald? Yeah. When I went down there in like 2019, I visit a lot of these factories. And what I realize is that even if there are capacities and they have the ability to produce much more, they tend to produce for a local niche and the the, the tourism market. Um, so I remember at one plantation, I was questioning their production strategy and whether or not they're looking to, to go international. And that did not seem to be this in the scope yeah. for that person at the time because the the small market that it was capturing, I guess they was comfortable with the return. But now we see that more and more um, factories are springing up mm-hmm. and um, there are some that export, but I think maybe it will be something that they will be looking to on a, a, a wider scale. But to me, I think we're missing out on millions and millions of dollars of opportunities to explore one of the best quality, what could be some of the best quality chocolate in the world. Right. Based on, just based on the cocoa bean alone and the processing which is done. It's all organic right. for the most part. So I think there is a great opportunity. But the current prime minister seems to be championing that cause. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't surprise if we see massive growth 
I would love industry. to see that. I would love to see that because this is news to me, right? We we recognize Grenada as being the Spice Island, but never thought about it when it comes to chocolate. Never thought about it at all. It's ironic because in 1983, uh, Maurice Bishop was pushing for this kind of stuff when they had the agro industry. Mm-hmm. He'd be making off even like um, the jams and jellies and stuff like that. And he was looking at all the that time he had talk about the importation of Milo, when mm-hmm. we can make ours and call it Smilo, right? Oh. <laughs> and they were pushing for, for local production, but then um, after the invasion, a lot of these projects were scrapped um, conveniently because they weren't profitable or whatever. There was the unrest in the country, I'm not too sure, but we never went back in that direction. Um, one thing that was pushing it for some self-sufficiency but now we have a niche that we can exploit, and I'm hoping that you take advantage of it. Yes, definitely. Even if you start with the Caribbean, getting it into, um, if you want to put it in boutique hotels, um, if you want to, to have it maintain its luxury status, definitely get it into these all-inclusive hotels throughout the Caribbean, all-inclusive villas, whatever. But we should be capitalizing on this well grenada should be capitalizing on this by all means one observation however is i think it's priced out of the local market so i think we may have to look at um structuring it in such a way that is it could be you have a discount if you're a grenadian Mm -hmm. and then there is still look at the export market international market where you could capture some more so you may have to discriminate in the pricing. So, on, my, so suggestion. Because of the volume. So suggestion with that, Donald. Look, for example, with Jamaica and the coffee. Blue Mountain coffee is priced different from Mountain Peak coffee. So the, the, the top, top, the, the best of the best is exported or sold at a much higher price than the subgrade. So could they do that in Grenada with the chocolate there? Um, would that be recommended or should that be yes, recommended? You can, yes, you can do that with anything. The thing is, like, it's not like it's one you have. Remember, these are artisanal um, chocolatiers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, as you see, I have seven of them currently based on the article. So, But what we need is we need all of them come together based on the same article to share technology and to share even equipment in some cases and so on. We need a marketing plan that incorporates all of them um, under one body. So you could market it as spice chocolate, Grenada chocolate, whatever it is, mm-hmm. in under one umbrella. So you have different options under the umbrella. That way, everybody would benefit from the economies of scale and stuff like that. Because right. individually, they may not have that power to, to do it. So the government should come in place and put some infrastructure in place to be able to market those chocolate. And, um, and take it international and get more supply. Right. Because if you're going international, you may need more supply. You have to look at the whole production chain and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, how are we going to go about doing it? But it's definitely an opportunity. And um, I think it's, it's going in the right direction. Because the, it's yeah. not only chocolate right now. It's been infused in a lot of the foods and desserts and so on that is locally grown. And the fact that it goes from farm to table, table essentially. Yes. With these, with these farms, uh, farmers, uh, the owners, would directly, I could see directly affecting the local economy. That's what I, I don't want to see people coming in 
and taking that money and going with it. Going elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that article with me, um, Donald, to be able to share it with everyone else because, yeah, I learned something new. Cocoa chocolate is in Grenada. All right. So let me read this real quick and then I have to take a break. Something we can talk about a little later on. A black dentist who owns her own practice implemented a new dress code that some people are praising, but others are calling it anti-black. No bonnets, no house shoes, no pajamas, or we will gladly reschedule your appointment. Are we in agreement with her or no? Do we? Yes. Thank you. I agree with her. Time and place for everything. We have loosened the reins so much that we have lost our standards. And I did not know wearing a bonnet and house shoes and pajamas was a black thing. That going out like that was a black thing. And if you oppose that, you're anti-black. When did that become a part of black culture? I don't know. It never did, but that's just weird. We want to hold on to the things that are that are below standard, if you ask me. From my from from my understanding, I remember in college, the people that would come to school in their pajamas were not the black people. And if we look back in history, black folks were always well put together, dressed to the nine. Who remembers the back days back in the day when your shirt had to be tucked in your pants and you had to wear your belt? And men and your shoes shined, ladies, you had to be in your stockings. <laughs> Who remember those days? I'm sorry, call me anti-black, I do not care. But if I'm running a professional business, I don't want you in my business in your bonnet, in your pajamas, or your house slippers. I don't care. Time and place for everything. Yeah. I, I also remember when Morehouse College, the president of Morehouse College about, about 10 years ago, instituted a policy on the campus where you couldn't wear pajamas or he had a whole list of things that, you know, when you're coming to class that you needed to, uh, you know, he didn't, he wasn't saying wear a suit and tie and stuff like that, even though that wouldn't be a problem, but he just, there were some, some uh, behaviors he was noticing in terms of the way people were dressing on campus and he decided to correct that and they had a holy fit you know, you know, over the idea that he was doing it. So, I mean, like, look, I always tell people when you go into somebody's place of business, it's their rules and they place of business. So exactly. unless, yeah, unless they, unless they're letting the white people come in and all that, and they're not letting you, then, uh, then maybe you have an argument, something's going on there, but that ain't usually what's happening. You got to follow the rules of other people's business or go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. That's what I say too. And she didn't say you can't come back. She said, reschedule. We need to get it together, folks. We are too loose. And I agree, Javet. You had clothes for every part of your day. Work clothes, different from school clothes, different from church clothes, different from party clothes. And going out, you knew what you would wear to a brunch. You, and let's even dig a, go a little deeper. Weddings. If there is a morning wedding versus an afternoon wedding versus an evening wedding, you knew the appropriate attire. You wouldn't show up to a morning wedding in sequins and glittering from head to toe. 
garden wedding versus inside. What you wear to brunch versus what you wear to church. Let me tell you something. We have lost everything. And there's a thing called time and place. I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Probably we in this room have too many standards. That's why we, <laughs> that's why we're here together. <laughs> yeah, but, but when did that dress code become? Because remember back in the days, like even when you go into the, the, the nightclub, which was one of the most loose places that you could go, like you're going to have fun or whatever. You, you know, as guys, you couldn't wear a cap. Um, mm -hmm. You couldn't wear certain shoes. Like it, like when Jordans and those shoes came out, like they were like, no, like you'd have to wear like a Travel Fox or, you know, something. Yeah, you, 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 you know, guys had like strict dress code. Like when you go into like Godfather's nightclub back in the day. Mm -hmm. also, I remember those had, days. Yeah, you had to, you had to, you know, you, you can't go in a certain way. Like, like you couldn't, you can't go into a club with a hoodie or anything like that. So, but, but I, and, and to tell you something, James, the way you used to dress to go to um, Cactus in Portmore is not how you would dress to go into Godfather's or Mirage in Ligani. Yep. Mm -hmm. You had to be put together. And for those who remember the days of Courtly Hotel, when Courtly Hotel used to be across from NCB Atrium, when they had the club there. It's a different, I don't know, you you had to dress up. But uh, you know what? Uh, it's probably, we are now the old folks. Is that what it is? We are considered the old folks. <laughs> but I agree with her. You're not coming in my business. You're not coming in there dressed a certain way. She's running a professional business and respect her business, folks. And everything that is trying to um, create structure is not anti-black. We, we don't even know what is anti-black from what is not anti-black right now. I don't know what's wrong with us that we can't even discern anything anymore. We're quick to jump on everything being anti-black. If you speak a certain way, you're anti-black. What's wrong with us? Because based on this, if you're going to oppose her rules, you're telling me everything bad is everything black. And I, I refuse to accept that. We have standards. We have standards. I don't know when we became so loose trying to fit in with everybody else. Well, yeah. go ahead. You know, if I can jump in, I want to say this because I think this <clears throat> this particular issue extends to other things because then we don't even know how to evaluate people who are in politics and power. We don't know how to evaluate people who are quote unquote leaders because then we because then we start getting into any criticism is anti-black, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so everything just be, so everything just just is. If something offends the sensibilities of some people within the community, then they just assume it's anti-black. No, criticism and critique is a part of life. Everybody must accept it, right? And yep. just like with the business, right? Every business has a right to have policies for, for what they're looking for for their customers and consumers when they walk in the door. That's not anti-black or anything. It's just saying it doesn't even matter if you don't have two nickels to rub together to put together a, a dime. The poor people know how to put their clothes on like anybody Facts. else and walk in the door. So it doesn't make a difference about your economics. Yep. 
My grandmother, my mother's mother used to say, class is not about money. It, is, it has nothing to do with money. Because there are people with money who need to go buy some class. Learn some class. It has nothing to do with money. So let's not get that twisted. Having money doesn't mean people have class. There are many people without money who have a lot of class. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we have stories from the international scene. It is Turned Up Tuesday. We're playing, you know, yesterday's favorites, today's hits. Here is Nick Jonas with Jealous. Thank you to everyone logged on and listening online, janoradio.com, J-A-H-K-N-O. The app is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Download it. Take us on the go. Shawty, would it be all right? Come on, show me that you do. Now tell me, would you really ride for me? Baby, tell me, would you die for me? Would you spend your whole life with me? What's up? Would you be there to always hold me down? Tell me, would you really cry for me? Baby, don't lie to me. If I didn't have anything, I wanna know, would you stick around? If I got locked away and we lost it all today, tell me honestly. Don't, 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 dang. All I want is somebody real. 
girl I know that I can trust To be here when money low If I did not have nothing else to give but love Would that even be enough? Y'all me need for no Now tell me would you really ride for me? Baby tell me would you die for me? Would you spend your whole life with me? Would you be there to always hold me down? Tell me, would you really cry for me? Baby, don't lie to me. If I didn't have anything, I want to know, would you stick around? If I got locked away and we lost it all today, tell me honestly, would you still love me the same? If I showed you my flaws, if I couldn't be strong, Me, would you call me? call me if you knew I wasn't ballin'? Cause I need I gotta lose always by my side. Tell me, tell me, do you need Title track locked away, Rock City featuring Adam Levine. Just trying to play me. Cause I need I gotta do all me down for life. If I got locked away and we lost it all today, tell me honestly, would you still love me? Thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Here is Debrat in love with you. Coming up after the music break, we have stories out of North America. My self-esteem is even higher when I'm walking with you You give me fire and desire like Tina Marie and Rick James do I don't care to burn up the minutes on the cell Just turn up the music and feel that it's hard as hell I get abusive with the flow zone D When I seduce them, they just wanna hold me Cause I'm so smooth and it's real, not phony with a n- you'll never be lonely It's beneficial, I'm hot And since you is, let's do this It seems I've been shot back, you been And I'm gonna stop thinking not that stupid Cause Thank you to my Clubhouse family for holding it down with me. Thank you for lending your voice and your thoughts. I appreciate each and every one of you. You say your girls can't understand it Well I am nice on the ball I'm a day and I'm fret on it So sell your sister and get on it I make we roll in at the right Pop the crisp, pop the crisp wallet I got the crisp bills in my wallet And you should know when we floss in Nobody can't come stall it Anything you wanna feel for call it So on the ball my grandson And we lay up on the top of all it All day, all night Ready to get the dunk up on high But we say we now stay We roll tight All of my girls get your honor from your eye Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Ye
65 we're like the city girl And without my back it if it is a crazy and a tricky world Forget to bring in us the iffy girl And we going to get in at the club, shake your ass, make it this is well Do it your ass and I go flop me now go ease up Woman they make me blood pressure start to increase up Cool shoulder where you are give me make me freeze up What's the hold up, what's the tease up My girl, I just want the chance to make your body please up Too much dog where you hang with them all a freeze up No so that you want to come and smoke up my trees up All my gangsters and all my G's up Yo yo that was Sean Paul featuring Debbie Nova International Affair. Who remembers this one? When the song came out, you would just throw your hands up in the air and jump around with no care. Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus. In my taxi cab, everybody's looking at me now. Like, who's that chick that's rocking kicks? She gotta be from out of town. So hard with my girls not around me. It's definitely not a Nashville party. Cause all I see is the letter. I guess I never got the memo. My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure and I'm nervous. It's when the DJ dropped my a quarter past the top of the hour time to get back to business so i gotta talk about this before i get into the international news who has watched season two of young famous and african anybody anybody Nobody? Please tell me y'all know what Young, Famous, and... I know, I know what it is. Okay. We're, watching, we're, gonna, we're gonna watch season two this weekend, right? Uh, yes. But, but we've seen season one, so... Yes. <laughs> this one, they turned up the heat a little more on this one. Um, hmm. Ooh, so, I like Andile. I like listen swanky is really he, he's different you know what i wish they would have done though is for each character every time they're doing an out they've well they've done an outfit change for the sit down you know those little pieces in between i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry tasha but here's something i wish they would do i wish they would Put the names of the designers, especially if they are designers out of Africa, the country they're from, you know, highlight the name of the designer because we see the Fendi outfits. We see the Louis Vuitton outfits. We see the, um, the Gucci, 
we, we see those with the labels on it, but let us know who the other designers are for the jewelry, you know, as they come up. Because I see some interesting pieces, right? Statement pieces, if you ask me. Some of the pieces would look good on a red carpet. It would look awesome on a red carpet. So let us know who these talented um, designers are out of Africa. That's something I hope they will do for season three. You know, since they didn't do it for season one, they didn't do it for season two. So I'm hoping they will do it for season three. Uh, in the chat, Geely says, Swanky went from likable to a complete mess. <laughs> Y'all got to watch to see what she's talking about. And I think Zari wears a lot of African designers. Yes, she does. She, she really does. Um, all right. So if you haven't watched it, folks, check it out. It's on Netflix. Young famous and african it's based primarily in south africa um i think lesotho is the town that they do it in uh, oh empress says they do meaning that they do let us know who the designers are or i must have missed that clarify for me empress clarify for me please if you don't mind um let i'm sorry what am i saying Lesotho. thank you julie for correcting me lesotho is another country thank you for correcting me but um filmed in Joburg, right johannesburg yeah and they will take trips to other cities in south africa um some of all the artists or all the characters are not south african um there is a namibian guy uh i know annie and swanky are nigerian correct me if i'm wrong about swanky but i think um annie is nigerian um there's this girl that was on it this season. She's Ghanaian, I think, by descent, born in America, but she's supposed to be um, Ghana's dance hall artist. Never heard of her. So I haven't even tried to look up her music yet. So I have to look that up. Santana. Um, there's this other one that exited um, Bonang. Some of them I've never heard about. So I'm going to have to look them up. Yeah, I'm all invested. You can tell, right? Um, <laughs> Julie, don't say that Guardians. I've never heard of her either. <laughs> but y'all, please watch it so we can talk. But I want to talk about it so bad. I want to talk about um Diamond or what you if you want to call him Two Baba. I want to talk about him. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about him. I want to talk about Kaylee and uh, Naked. Oh my gosh, I want to talk about him so bad. My skin is itching. <laughs> Bonang is a household name in media. Okay, Allison, thank you for letting me know. First time hearing about her. Um, yeah, okay, so Louis is Namibian. He's young. Um, but yeah, Diamond. But um, Andele, interesting this season, I must say. Really interesting. But y'all are up and watch, hurry up and watch if you're a fan. It's on Netflix again. Young, famous, and African. I can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> Who's been on the Breakfast Club? Bonang. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yes, Jili and Annie and Tubaba when he said what he said at the table. Mm -hmm. It's a whole lot of mess. But I will say this, though, and it's such a shame, and I'm ashamed to have to say this, that um, even though they turned up the fire a little bit on them this season, I prefer them, their reality show, 
to the love and hip hop in here in the USA, the Housewives franchise here in the USA. I think their production is cleaner too, if you ask me. Um, the cinematography is cleaner, in my opinion. I may be wrong. That's just me. Others may care to um, differ. That's fine. But I, I just get a better vibe from them. You don't have anybody jumping on tables, throwing chairs, any of that. They are well behaved <laughs> for the most part, right? So, yeah, check it out, folks. Okay, that's enough for me. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> okay, so who is friends with uh, um, Charlemagne? Uh, Bonang? Okay. Allison says, I binged the first day it aired. Yes, it is binge-worthy TV. It really is, really is. All right, so let me keep. Okay, Bonang is. Okay, thank you, Julie. So first up, Nigeria commissions Dangote refinery in bid to end fuel import. Story courtesy of AlJazeera.com. Nigeria commissioned the Dangote refinery on Monday amid hopes of transforming the country into a net exporter of petroleum products. But analysts said securing crude supplies could delay achieving full production this year. The administration of outgoing President Buhari sees the refinery as the answer to persistent fuel shortages in Nigeria, including most recently in the run-up to February's disputed presidential election. Hey, 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 are they listening to us? Because <laughs> we've spoken about this several times. Why is it that they have to export the raw material for it to be refined elsewhere and then have to import it? We always haven't we had that discussion several times. So somebody's listening. I know we have listeners from Nigeria. So hopefully someone there is listening or has they've been thinking about it for a while. But I agree. We need to do better. You cannot be such a large producer and not be a refiner. So let's see what they're gonna do about that. That to me nigeria spent um 23.3 billion dollars last year on petroleum product imports imports folks imports into nigeria and consumes around 33 million liters or 8.7 million gallons of petrol daily the dangote refinery has a capacity of 650,000 barrels per day what does that equate to in gallons Anybody knows? How, how do they calculate from barrels to gallons? I don't know. I don't know. Didn't study that part. The plant plans to export the surplus petrol, turning Africa's biggest oil producer into an export hub for petroleum products. It also plans to export diesel. Yep, that, that's good. Okay. All right. So we, we want to see more of that across the continent. In South Africa, pupils in 3,000 schools use still use pit toilets. Go ahead, go ahead before I move on. Go ahead. Yeah, this, this Nigeria move is a huge move because you're looking at that could change the whole dynamics of Africa. Mm -hmm. If you have Nigeria producing and exporting oil, not only will it, it should be able to get it cheaper, but the, the money would start staying on the continent a lot, a lot of billions of dollars leave Africa because of um, petroleum consumption. Okay. So that could really be impactful if they could make the capacity mm -hmm. to supply some African countries. That would be great. Yeah. How can we invest, Donald? 
put our little put our um we only have a hundred dollars but how can we I invest to, i think dango is private you know he's been doing a lot of work but i have to look into that yeah please I'm do sure if he's, i don't not sure if he's traded Please do. I don't want to. I don't want us investing in Shell and Hess and um Exxon, Exxon Mobil. I don't want us investing in those. I want us to invest in what's owned by black people. Yeah, moments. I I think they're deliberately setting up obstacles for these African countries, especially Nigeria, because when you look at the the, the G eight countries and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. There's no no African countries in there. And Nigeria, in terms of their GDP, is better than like most of the countries that are in it, right? Mm -hmm. And what what their contribution to to the world economy and stuff like that. They took they took Russia out of it. Just imagine Russia was in it, and they took Russia out, and they didn't replace Russia. So why is it that there's no African country represented in it? You know. So mm -hmm. you have to ask those questions. So it just seemed like geopolitical strategy to keep. African countries out of like the movers and the shakers, you know, in the world economy. And that's why you're not going to see them list like African countries as first world country, even though when you look, everything's showing you that they're first world country. So it's just obstacles to keep us out of, out of um, you know, mining and, and, and um, controlling our own resources. They, they don't mind. They know that like certain regions grow certain things better and have certain natural resources. Mm -hmm. But as long as they can keep it down so that you just um excavate it and then bring it to them and they'll clean it up. That's what they that's what they want to do to Africa. Keep Africa that way, mm -hmm. controlling our resources. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, did I read this one? The trade deal signing expected as DRC leader visits China this week. I don't think I read that one. No. All right, story courtesy of Al Jazeera, the president of mineral-rich Democratic Republic of the Congo, Felix, cannot pronounce his last name, nor am I going to try, will visit China. Somebody tell me if I read this one. From May 24 to 29, I don't know why I felt I read it, during which he's expected to meet with President Jinping to review and sign several key trade deals. The visit was announced by the Chinese Foreign Ministry on Monday. A meeting could pave the way for the two countries to formally overhaul and seal a $6 billion infrastructure for minerals deal with Chinese investors. Huh, it wasn't. Geely says, I didn't cover it. And it, it was also not covered by any major news network. Okay. So, thank you, Geely. The DRC is the world's largest producer of battery material, cobalt. It also has significant deposits of diamonds, gold, lithium, and tan tantalum. First, I'm hearing about that mineral. What is tantalum about? Okay, so you know, you know me already, folks. I'm going to pop the brakes, and I'm going to go look up what that is, because inquiring minds want to know. So tantalum is a chemical element with a symbol TA and atomic number 73. All my scientists in here should already know this. <laughs> All right. Um, previously known as tantalium. Hmm. Okay. It is named after tantalus, a, Greek, a figure in Greek mythology. Tantalum is a very hard, ductile, lustrous, blue-gray transition metal that is highly corrosion-resistant. Re uh, All right. Never knew about it. Discoverer was Anders Gustav Ekberg. 
interesting what are the benefits okay let's talk about what it's used for first you see i'm digressing but it's tantalizing <laughs> chief behave yourself <laughs> but we, we, we're learning something new today well i am learning something new so tantalum one of the main uses of tantalum is in the production of electronic components An oxide layer which forms on the surface of tantalum can act as an insulating layer because tantalum can be used to coat other materials with a very thin layer a high capacitance can be achieved in a small volume interesting it has high density and melting point high corrosion resistance high thermal conductivity all right. Mm. Moments. Yeah. Remember I told you a couple of weeks ago that um, the, the, when we're talking about cars, the, the, the years are set back on cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember I told you that um, Congo, that's, that's the main reason. They, they have like some civil unrest in some of these areas where these special minerals are. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it's a world leader. And, and, and we're going to sit and watch in real time when we move from um, gasoline to electric vehicles. And we're going to look at a country in Africa that controls most of the, the, the thing that they need for electric vehicle, stay poor while electric vehicle just explode and other countries get rich. You know, Tesla CEO gets triple rich and Afri that same country is going to stay the same. Crazy. Well, you know something, James, I want to be a little bit optimistic and with how things are going now, meaning the awareness that is now global, I want to feel and believe that Africa is going to emerge or I should say re-emerge. Mm -hmm. Africa is going to re-emerge as being the world leader in everything. I just have that feeling may not happen in our lifetime may not happen in our lifetime but i feel it's going to happen yeah so this the one of the added benefits or the welcome benefits of social media right the exposure that we no longer have to rely on our mainstream media because we know that is what we get is thwarted we're not getting the truth but thank God for social media. Thank God for platforms such as Instagram, um, TikTok, YouTube, and any other platform out there. We have to be grateful that now we are seeing the truth. And I believe that is going to play a pivotal role, you know, in how Africa re-emerges. To be like the phoenix, right? Rising from the ashes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you don't you don't find it interesting that every African country that has something to offer the world all of a sudden Boko Haram pops up there. We didn't we never heard about them in Congo before, right? And all of a sudden electric vehicles taking off and now they're holding um certain land space hostage from government and, and, and companies who have invested millions in, in mining these um you know, minerals and stuff like that. Now, you know, they have like extortion like big groups or book around those type of groups with with military weapon never heard about that in in, in congo before right heard, like you know you have little up unrest and stuff that going on but not a, a force like Boko Haram and those groups that 
disturbed like Nigeria and all over the other places, you know? So it's, it's just strange. All of a sudden, we have something to offer, like, you know, that electric vehicles need and cell phone and all these smart cars that are coming out now. And all of a sudden, no, just... But remember, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised about that, though, um, James, when you consider thinking all as far back as we can remember or that we've been made aware of. Why has the continent been exploited, right? So right now, I think, though, yes, they've popped up there. But eventually, that behavior is going to have to come to an end. So we should not be alarmed that that has happened. Just let's look forward, you know, that things, the, t the tide is going to turn, definitely. Well, look at England export, what, used to sell the most sugar in the world? Mm-hmm. They don't plant a sugar cane. But then after they built up, they're looking at the Caribbean as poor islands. But how did they get rich? On whose sugar? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So that's what's going on in Africa. It's nothing different. It's the same playbook. You might change your product. It's the same playbook. And after colonialism, they make sure they put things in place that you don't control your own resources. And they keep you daily surviving so you can't really prosper you can't put a meaningful systems in place they dismantle it at every opportunity you get mm -hmm. good leaders they, they assassinate them it has been deplayable mm -hmm. fortunately i think i'm seeing uh, more interest from the grassroots and arise from the grassroots and um you have people starting to invest more and stuff so that would change the landscape somewhat but it's a tall order yeah yeah. All right, in our next story on the international scene in South Africa, pupils in 3,000 schools still use pit toilets. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. At a high school in rural northern South Africa, more than 300 students and their teachers share three toilets. And that woefully lopsided figure is not the worst problem. The three toilets are pit latrines, effectively 10 foot deep holes in the ground that students line up during a lunch break to use. The pit toilets at the secondary school in the village of Gamma Shan Shane are at least, and I know I butchered that, forgive me, my South African people, are at, le at least are covered by white toilet seats and enclosed by brick structures. Some of the pitch toilets still used at more than 3,300 schools in poor, mostly rural areas across South Africa are not. It is a shameful situation for a country referred to as the most developed in Africa and an indicator of its profound problems with poverty and inequality, say human rights groups pushing the South African government to do away with the substandard facilities in schools forever. Unhygienic. The latrines also present a much more direct danger. In January 2014, James Komape at the nearby Chebeng village received a phone call asking him to rush to his five-year-old son's preschool. The little boy Michael was found dead, drowned at the bottom of a pit latrine. Michael's body had not even been removed from the pool of water, mixed with um, feces and urine at the bottom of the pit he fell into when his father got there. South Africa do better. What are South Africa's resources? 
And if you are a leader on the continent, that should not be. You should see to it that every school has decent bathrooms. That's the least you can do, um, South African government. What's his name, Ramaphosa? Did I say it right? Oops, sorry. Sorry about that noise, Ramaphosa. Something needs to be done. Unacceptable. It's 2023. Clean up. A lot of money resides in South Africa. So let me click my tongue <laughs> the way they do to show my annoyance with you all. All right, folks, it is time for... This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. All right, first up, stories out of North America. Judge enters not guilty plea for suspect in stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students. And I do have a soundbite for this one. of killing four Idaho college students silent in court yesterday. Brian Koberger's attorney telling the judge they will stand silent, forcing the judge to enter not guilty pleas for him. Police say Koberger murdered the four students inside their home last fall. The trial date is set for October 2nd. It's expected to last All around right. six weeks. We do so, um, the judge entered a not guilty plea for a man charged in the stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students, setting the stage for a trial in which he could potentially face the death penalty. Okay. So I guess that was the only way he could go to trial? For Somebody explain to me. Oh, I'm at a loss right now. I'm sorry. A little distracted. Okay, so hold on. Let me go through this a little more. The November 13, 2022 killings stunned the rural community of Moscow, Idaho, and prompted many students to leave campus early, switching to remote learning for the remainder of the semester. Brian Koberger, or Koberger, who is 28, was arrested late last year and charged with burglary and four counts of first-degree murder in connection with the slayings of Madison, Kaylee, Zana, and Ethan at a rental home near the University of Idaho campus. He refused to enter a plea in the county district court, prompting the judge to make one on his behalf. Oh, I didn't know that judges could do that on your behalf. Hmm. All right. He was a grad student studying criminology at nearby Washington State University at the time, but prosecutors have not released any information about how he may have chosen the victims or whether he had met any of them previously. All right, so I get it. I have a clear understanding. So a judge is able to enter a plea for you if you refuse to do so for yourself. Okay. Anybody else knew that? I didn't know that. Did not know that at all. So now he could end up facing the death penalty because he has to go to trial. Hmm. Yeah, but moment, the, the downside with that though is if, if he's found guilty, he can appeal based on um, him not making the plea and the judge doing it for, on his behalf. They're smart. Like these, you mm -hmm. know, they're very smart. You think that everything is strategic. I didn't think about that, James. Yeah. Mm, very strategic. That's exactly what they're doing. 
you know, we need to learn. We need to learn from these people. How to play the system. Yep. Yeah. All right. So next up, AI, <laughs> to be blamed. <laughs> Fake viral images of an explosion at the Pentagon were probably created by AI, story courtesy of NPR. A false report of an explosion at the Pentagon accompanied by an apparently AI-generated image spread on Twitter on Monday morning, sparking a brief dip in the stock market. What's the correlation between that and the stock market, the Pentagon and the stock market? Somebody explain that to me. What's the correlation? I don't get it. <laughs> if, if something happened to the Pentagon, that means something happened to the American economy, gonna crash. <laughs> I think you know where I'm headed with this one, Andre. Hmm. There is no explosion or incident taking place at or near the Pentagon reservation and there is no immediate danger or hazards to the public the department of defense's pentagon force protection agency and the arlington county fire department said in a joint statement on twitter the fake image circulating on twitter showed a black cloud of smoke near a building the accounts posting it claimed it depicted the pentagon but the image was likely generated by artificial intelligence, experts said in an example of potential for misuse of the increasingly popular and prevalent technology that they have been worried about. Uh, Bellingcat says, uh, check out the frontage of the building and the way the fence melds into the crowd barriers. There's also no other images, videos, or people posting as first-hand witnesses, but I have the red bar, so I hope you all are hearing me clear. Excuse me, but I do have a question, though. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate. Couldn't they also put out this story such as, so as to relay any fears or dismiss any fears or concerns? Couldn't that be the case, too? What if it's real, but they want to, you know, let us not worry or cause us concern and say, apparently AI generated. Is that a far-fetched thought process for me to have? What's real and what's not real anymore? Do we know? Because everything can be altered, right? We have filters to make our faces look better. We have filters that can um, make us look as though we have clean skin. We have filters to change the colors of our eyes to change the shape of our faces. We can do editing on platforms where we can remove backgrounds and apply a, a, a person or something to another background. I know that because I use that feature a lot when I'm doing um, flyers, e-flyers and that sort of thing. So I know that you can alter anything. So how do we not know that this was in fact real, but they're trying to cover it up? Go right ahead. I know someone's mic is open. Go right ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the scary part with, with this whole AI thing. Like, I know we always look at the benefits, but sometimes the benefit look attractive right now. But the disadvantage in the future is going to outweigh, like, whatever benefits. Because, you know, I don't know if you see, like, some videos on social media with, like, um, uh, there's a video with Joe Biden, Obama, and, um, oh, I think Biden, and they're having a conversation, and they're just, like, a bunch of expletives. And you're looking at it and you're like, you, you cannot tell 
but it was AI generated. Like they're just sitting down having conversation and and like, you know, Obama like calling Trump the B word and in these type of word and whatever, and they're having a conversation and just a bunch of expletives. So what is going to stop people from in the future of like framing someone? And it just looks so authentic. You can't, you cannot tell, you know, <laughs> that this is not real. And that's what I'm, that, that's scary. That is scary, because, right? Yes, yeah, because you're looking at it and Obama just look, looks like Obama. Mouth is moving. The expletives look like he's really saying these things. Trump laughing and saying like, <laughs> oh, like, wake up, Biden. Wake up, you sleepy boy. You know, like, and I'm like, this looks so real. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I you know, Dre, back to what you said. If the Pentagon crashes, the stock market crashes. I think that tells us why. I think it's in plain sight, right? That's where a lot of the stock market is invested, in arms and ammunition. And that's why I struggle with 401ks. I really do. Because you don't know where your money is. And how convenient, let me, let me put it that way, how convenient for them to say <laughs> a dip in the stock market all because of an explosion at the Pentagon. Right, folks? So if the Pentagon go up, <laughs> all on the money gone with the wind. <laughs> God forgive me. But you really, I, I'm probably reading too much into it. I don't know. I'm okay with that. But these things make you think. What, you know, because the first thing I said, what the heck is the correlation between a, an explosion at the Pentagon and a dip in the stock market? But there you have it. That's where all, everybody's money is. Arms and ammunition, war. That's what your money's invested in. So it's safe to say that to some degree, we're all benefiting from blood money. That's the long and short of it. Sorry. Sounds harsh, right? An uncomfortable truth. When you think about it. Yeah. A 72-year-old man becomes first of his seven siblings to graduate college. And guess who was there to cheer him on? His 99-year-old mom. Wow. Story is courtesy of WSVN. So a 72-year-old man became the first of his seven siblings to earn an undergraduate degree when he graduated from Georgia Gwinnett College in Lawrenceville, Georgia, earlier this month. A video and photos shared by the college show Sam Kaplan walking across the stage on May 11 to receive his degree in cinema and media arts as the crowd chairs. In the crowd was his proud 99-year-old mother. According to a news release from the college, Kaplan was 68 when he heard a radio advertisement for Georgia Gwinnett College offering a degree program that involved script writing. Congratulations to you. And the rest is history. <laughs> so good for him. See, folks, it's never too late to embark on something that you're, you've always been desirous of doing, right? Don't let anybody tell you, oh, you're too old, so put that to the side. Go right ahead, Javet. 
No, I was just going to say that really is a blessing. And to also know that his mother was able to be there and see it, that's just, that's beautiful. I like that news. Yep. Love it, love it, love it. You know? All Can right. Yeah, fry planting. Why are you up in Javette's kitchen? And Shane, offer you none? Don't go beggy, beggy. <laughs> Don't go beggy, don't you? You're all up in Javed kitchen and listen if she nice. have fried plant. I, I smell nice. planting in the background. <laughs> be nice. What what happened, Chief? Don't you be said bad mind. James bought some eggs from you? Did you export yeah, some eggs to James? To and and James has been welcomed into the kitchen. Sounds like James I ain't welcome nobody up in my kitchen. What are you talking about, Chief? I didn't say your kitchen. Oh, okay. I didn't say your kitchen. <laughs> See, you have to. Listening is fundamental, James. I'm here for you, brother. Javet, you notice the men are the the men are taking up for each other, Javet. So we we'll stay on our side of the fence, okay? No, that's good. We need some brother to brother support here. Yeah, you know, then. It, it it hasn't been happening for a while, so I like it. I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> You're gonna let it slide, okay? Yeah, see the power of technology. I can stay in Canada and smell the planting frying all the way in Texas. No wanga got, no wanga belly, licky licky. <laughs> all the rest of the song got tigers. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, next up, Republican. This is Rosolo's favorite person. Republican Senator Tim Scott is officially running for president. <laughs> I don't know if I must laugh or must cry. Listen, good morning, Andel, stranger. There's a stranger in my house. <laughs> Who remember that? <laughs> Who remember that song? <laughs> Andel has been MIA. What's up, Andel? You good? I'm, 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 I'm passing through. I'm passing through. Good morning, everyone. Oh, a shot caught your tech. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I haven't been on in a minute, you know, so, but passing through, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, good to see you. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I know you, I know I'm always welcome, so I, I appreciate that, so thank you. <laughs> what should we say, folks? Happy New Year. Um, Happy Valentine's. Happy Easter. Merry, Merry Christmas. What is it? All Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. President's Happy President's Day. Martin Luther King. Should I keep going? Keep going, John. All of that. All of that. Hey, hey, hey Marlon, I'm, I'm still your attorney, brother. <laughs> oh, he moved on. I, I'm, all, I'm always like a phone call away, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Listen. No, I, I, I mean, he may move on, but I'm, I, still gotta, I still have a retainer. You, you know? still have a retainer in place. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ro- to that. So Rosolo's favorite person is running for president officially. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott announced his run for the Republican presidential nomination on Monday morning in North Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The senator who has represented South Carolina in the Senate since 2013 portrays himself as a true conservative with a positive story to tell. He says, we need a president who per se persuades not just our friends and our base we have to have a compassion for people who do not agree with us 
We have to believe that our ideas are so strong and so powerful and so persuasive that we can actually take it to the highest points of the world and be successful. But we also have to be able to take it all the way down to places that today are hopeless and prove that who we are works for all Americans. As for his own upbringing, being raised by a single mother, Scott says they found strength in faith and family and a determination to succeed. All things he accused Democrats of working to destroy. From the time the sun goes down until the sun comes up, Joe Biden and the radical left are attacking every single rung of the ladder that helped me climb. And that's why I'm announcing today that I am running for president of the United States of America. In his 40-minute announcement speech, Scott highlighted his rise from poverty to prosperity and said that America is not a racist country. Scott is the only black Republican senator in the U.S. Senate. <laughs> Rosolo, where are you? <laughs> is your man okay? <laughs> I'm glad you can't come off her mic and cuss me for this one. She put in something in a food. You have amnesia or sinus. <laughs> There's a new disease. Hold on a second. Which America is he's probably in Puerto Rico or is he in Hawaii? Or is he in the um US Virgin Islands? Cause he sure as heck is not on mainland. Yes, Allison, gotta love a token black. <laughs> the Republicans are known for that. Wow. Is he okay? Didn't we just have one fool earlier? Was it this year or last year, Javet? The one from Texas that went to Georgia and lost? The ex-footballer. What's his name? Walker. Mm -hmm. Walker. Yeah, that puppet. So here we have another one. America is not a racist country. <laughs> I love it. False. He was, he, was, his, he was very awkward in his, uh, in a, in his um you know, his speech in his announcing his his candidacy. He was just so awkward, just like you know, he didn't even believe it himself. That's it. <laughs> oh, I love America. I love it here. Always something to laugh about. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get my popcorn and, and my red stripe and just sit down and watch. Orville Redenbacher, please. <laughs> You don't need more than popcorn America, for this one. Because America, like, I look forward to, like, the Super Bowl halftime. I look forward to the NBA Finals and the, and the election. Those are the three more most entertaining sports in America. So get my popcorn and my red stripe, and I look forward to it. So has anybody asked him? Go ahead, Chief. You go ahead. Because I want to know if anybody asked him what exactly he means when he says America is not a racist country. Go right ahead, um, Chief, please. He means he was casted for Django and Samuel Jackson got the role. It's Steve. That's what he means. He means somebody pulled him out of the ghetto that looked like Trump. And he said, oh, my God. Literally, oh, my God. This, this dude is operating. Look, I need a spliff and some good rum, some Jamaican rum, just to have this conversation. Because, because this one here. Listen, y'all, you want to, you want, you got to be high just to hear him, just to, just to listen to him. Or you going to have, we're all going to be laughing like moments, dude. 
We should. We should all laugh. You cannot take this serious. Just laugh. What's that song by um what's that song by Rita Molly? I wanna be high. <laughs> so high. <laughs> he, he must have been listening to that song. Javette says we're gonna need gin and juice and that mixture of men's and cough syrup. Sipping on some scissor. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Wayne. Oh Lord. <sighs> I, I don't know. Can what year are we living in? And can somebody tell me? If I'm still alive, because sometimes I swear I'm dead. <laughs> I don't think this is real. 1863. That's what we live. No, no, 1861. Right. He's still at the big house. He's trying to get in the big house. He's trying let's to get in that. the let's big house. Let's be very clear about it. Yeah, he's trying to get into the big He's auditioning for the big house. Clearly. Because he feels he can qualify. Yeah. Let, all I got to do is say, no, mass are good. That's been good to us. Why are we going to leave now? Why, why we've been, look, I can't look where I came from. That's what pulled me out, put me in the big house. That's the agenda for him. So I have a right? message. I have a message for Empress uh, Chief. Guess what he told his audience? He, d he was defending the founding fathers of this country. And here's what he had to say, Empress. We need to stop canceling our founding fathers and start celebrating them for the geniuses that they were. They weren't perfect, but they believed that we could become a more perfect union. How is that, Empress? You like that? <laughs> or are you still going to stick him next to Nikki Haley and DeS DeSantis? We need to stop canceling our founding fathers, many of whom were slave owners, right? Or am I wrong? You see, that's why they needed to teach CRT, because clearly he missed that class. Well, listen to what he said. He said, our, find, our finding our founding, founding fathers. fathers. He, yeah. That's his that's his daddy y'all talking about. These are his daddies. He said, I didn't I grew up in a single household and I found me a daddy. And you ain't gonna and, and cancel that's, him. That's, that's that's right. That's right. You're gonna celebrate to him. You're gonna put some respect on his you better name. Put some respect <laughs> on his name. On their names, because seem as though he had more than one daddies. He got a lot of yeah, daddies. Exactly. <laughs> it's like Thomas Jefferson, who was in love with Sally Hemming. Thomas <laughs> Jefferson loved Sally Hemming, but 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 but, she, but he didn't but he didn't give her her freedom. Mm-hmm. Because she had that good kitty. He didn't want anybody else to get it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not moments after dark. <sighs> when you got to take bad things, make joke. Um, so who is going to vote for this fool? South Carolina? Who, who going to vote for him? But, but moments, do you think it's a, it's a ploy? It is. Because cause now he announced and, and, and Trump, you know, congratulating but. Do you think these guys are using a ploy to take some attention off Trump and then all of them went go back and support him? Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Let me tell you why I say anything is possible, Andel. You have deep down riveted Republicans who pretend to be Democrats, run as such, win as a Democrat, and then are making the switch back to Republicans. So nothing surprised me anymore. Very strategic set of people. Because honestly, he, because honestly, himself don't even believe him, what he said yesterday. He don't even believe it. He doesn't sound convincing to him. He's trying to...
convincing my own self right now if this is it, really. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, as I said, moments like we might not agree with the Republicans, but they are good politicians. Um, they know they're very strategic. And to me, like this is saying, you know what? The black vote is, is open to for taking because um, Joe Biden kind of just clown around with the black vote in America. So now we're going to put these clowns in position. So I bet you, like, the black vote is going to swing more towards Republican in the next election. You think bet so? You anything. Yes. No, no, because, no, no. I'm no, doubt no, it, no, no, James. I disagree. No, because, well, no, a well, lot of people... Hold on, hold on the handle. Hold on the handle. Make him finish in point, and then we'll no, go to you, what, and what then Chief. What I'm saying is that you hear from a lot of black voters that they're tired of Democrats just um, knowing that they're going to vote and just use them and take advantage. And that is what happened in this last... What, what did um, Joe Biden do? Like, um, Dangle, um, what's her name? Um, to, to be Supreme Court justice and nothing else. So I, I believe that it, it might not be like a big swing, but a 1% or 2% swing is still a swing. Okay, go ahead, Andel. James, so the thing about it is... This yes there's no representation for blacks when they come on to the democrat right now but there's still also none in a republican and tim scott ain't it is he's not it but also the undertone of what they're, they're the republican is first of all the republican is put first first thing tim says america is not a racist country come on now we as black people, we we know what we're out here, we are going through, and to come and and, and you're trying to swing black vote and come out with that statement, come, it, you know, it, it doesn't make it, and so we don't Republican don't um I don't see anybody for Republican that represent anything for black people right now. I understand that the, the, the Democrats not doing it, but we're not we're not seeing it, and and that alone not going to swing it. We we're, we're looking for something, but we don't we don't have it yet, and and it, and, and they don't have it yet either. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, by the way, oh go ahead, go ahead before I, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead of me, Chief. So the the man is that's he's a political kamikaze. I mean, just go ahead and commit suicide. Politically, <laughs> Politically for real. Serious? No, seriously, because. As much as I can't stand Candace Owens, she has enough sense to blend her message to try to reach black people to become Republican, right? Mm -hmm. She knows how to manipulate an, a, the idea of knowledge, right? She knows she's very, very she's very equipped at manipulation in that regards. If anybody was able to do it, that's who would have been able to do it. But this guy, no, this guy is delusional highly delusional he doesn't even back his statements with anything knowledgeable like it's it's a it's a level of insanity that he's operating out of with high hopes and high aspirations that they're gonna they're going to uh, uh emancipate him like he is actually politicizing like an enslaved person who wants freedom i'll do anything to become free i'll mm -hmm. do whatever it takes mm -hmm. right that's not appealing black voters are going to say yes the james you're right black voters are disgusted and what's going to happen is they're not going to vote because they have enough intelligence to say well at the end of the day we know it's about the electoral so but we're not going to publicly say or privately say this man is the man for the job because mm -hmm. he's not 
and he knows he's not like that is such and it's really trying to they're setting him up to divide the vote mm-hmm. yeah for for a candidate that they actually want yeah yeah and well, that's, that's what's smart when you don't know you're being used mm-hmm. that's the worst kind of abuse mm-hmm. for real go right ahead donald i think tim smart is scott is being smart and he's playing the field for his advantage mm-hmm. um i don't think anybody takes him serious white black republican democrat i don't think anybody really takes him serious to tell the truth but all i think he's doing he's setting up himself for an executive a position like uh maybe hopefully somebody pull him as a, a vp a secretary of state or some kind of portfolio in the in the new administration if the republican were to win so i think that's just a ploy okay it can't be anything it can't be anything else okay yeah. You know what? I'll say this too. I take him about as seriously as I took Deval Deval Patel, uh, uh, or if I forget his last name, uh, from Massachusetts when they were like, "Oh, we're going to throw him into the Democratic primary, right?" Because they they saw that you know Joe Biden wasn't polling so well, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you're just throwing him in there to, to think it'll excite black people to want to uh, vote for him. And I'm like, yeah, he don't have a chance. He doesn't have a chance either. So I look at them both the same way. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me, before we move on to the next one, thank you, everyone. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Somebody has a message for the Republicans, you know. What, the ones especially who are anti-abortion, that they need to go and read the book of Numbers, chapter 5, verses 11 to 31, when God gave instructions on how an abortion can be done. Yeah, how to have a woman miscarry. Oh boy, are they reading the Bible? I don't know. <laughs> Lord help us. It's grimy out here. They pick and choose what suits them. Of course, we know the reason for the... Uh, you know, the reversal of Roe versus Wade. But anyway, next up, Minnesota AG Keith Ellison. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, says um, he's the one who prosecuted George Floyd, George Floyd's killers. Sorry. He has ideas for how to end police violence. And I think I have a soundbite for that. Yes, I do. And I'm Lila Falden. Three years ago this week, George Floyd, a black man, was murdered by police in Minneapolis. It was caught on video. That video ran for more than nine minutes. Floyd's neck is under a white police officer's knee as he pleads for his life. Protests erupted in Minneapolis and then around the world. And when the local community lost faith in the county prosecutor, the job of building the case against the police who killed Floyd fell to Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. For me, it was a gut check moment, one of those moments where you ask yourself, what am I about and what am I in this for? And my answer had to be, we're going to do anything we can to try to make sure that the outcome is fair, just and right. He got convictions for former police officer Derek Chauvin for killing Floyd and then three other police officers for aiding and abetting. Three years later, Ellison is out with a book, Break the Wheel, Ending the Cycle of Police Violence. In it, he writes that the outrage over Floyd's killing offered a possibility of finally ending the cycle of state-sponsored violence against African Americans. We have not gotten to the point where we've arrested this problem. But I still believe that the George Floyd prosecution still offers a possibility if we muster the political will to bring it to a stop 
In what way? I mean, I remember being in Minneapolis when the verdicts came in and there was this absolute shock and then elation that accountability actually happened. And you said at the time that it wasn't justice that day, that it was accountability, which is a step towards justice. But since that time, there's been Tyree Nichols chased by officers after a traffic stop in Memphis, Jalen Walker in Akron, Ohio, shot dozens of times, Patrick Leoye, Amir Locke in Minneapolis, just a few examples. I mean, what does have to happen? We need to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act for the signal that the highest body of legislators in our country have said that this is a very serious problem that needs to be fixed. We need to prosecute criminal conduct, whether the person has a badge or not. People need to be fired when they break the rules consistently. I don't think we're going to go from a bad situation to a perfectly good one overnight. There are times when this is uh, action that officers must take to preserve their own lives and others. But there are still far too many cases where like the Tyree Nichols case and others that just seemed unnecessary and brutal and they tear the fabric of our society. What specifically in that act will change the way policing happens? We need to have a national registry so that if you have an officer who has violated somebody's human rights, violated department rules, cannot just go to another department and just start up there. One prominent example is with the uh, Tamir Rice case, where one officer was found to be unfit to serve in one Ohio police department and then goes to Cleveland and gets hired. I mean, I'm thinking of Miles Carsgrove, too, who pulled the trigger in the killing of Breonna Taylor, was fired, and now just moved to the sheriff's department in a neighboring county. Yeah. I think that the recruiting challenge that policing as an industry is facing Mm -hmm. might have something to do with the fact that people like Derek Chauvin and Miles Cosgrove diminish the reputation of the profession. Now, you spend some time in the book examining the race of two of the officers that were convicted of aiding and abetting in George Floyd's killing. One is Alexander King, a biracial man who identifies as black. And he, according to your book, got into law enforcement to change things, to make it better. There is this idea, this notion that I think is incorrect, that you have white officers killing black people, and that is the model. In fact, we know that isn't the way it is. If you are a female officer or officer of color and you join that department, and if that department has a toxic culture, you are going to be pressed into it. And so it's not the case that even a uh, young black man who joins the police department who might go in with the best of intentions is just going to change that institution if his FTO is demonstrating the worst conduct as uh, J. Alexander King's FTO was Derek Chauvin. Hmm. Nearly diversifying departments without real changes at the top, including cultural changes, you're just going to replicate the same results. And those changes have to do with accountability, with ridding the system of impunity, and just getting more officers of color or female officers is not a panacea. Now, one of the last chapters in your book is about what happened after prosecuting the case. You almost lost your reelection <laughs> bid for attorney general. Yep. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, folks who are connected to law enforcement unions spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to defeat me. They did it because... I'm hearing a lot of feedback, folks. Sorry about that. A whole lot of feedback is coming at me. 
I do apologize. Oops. All right, so I'm trying to fix this. I'm not Okay, clearly not my end. I apologize for the poor quality. Thank you, Javet. <laughs> I was kicked out. I was kicked out of Clubhouse. Thank you so much. I hope y'all are hearing me. I was kicked out of Clubhouse and could not get back in. Thanks for sending the invite, Javet. Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, boy. <laughs> they heard us talking. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> they said we got to shut up. I'm not in the fighting mood with um, Clubhouse today. Anybody wants to share their thoughts on that one? What you were able to hear so far? Hopefully you were. <laughs> That's right, Julie. We work harder. Anybody wants to share their thoughts on that one? That article? Um, the AG who prosecuted George Floyd's killers and his ideas of how to end police violence. He was highlighting, I think, where we've dropped off was let me see if we can i can pull it back up he i think the last thing well the last thing i heard was him talking about the corruption regardless of what your racial um identity is was that the last thing you all heard let me know yes okay all right perfect let me see if i can pick up from there 
prosecute a member of law enforcement, you might be risking your job. And if I would have lost my election, that would have been too bad, but I would have had no regrets. I don't want any prosecutor in the United States to ever have to say, I'm going to pursue justice or I'm going to look out for my own political interest, Mm -hmm. which would mean that I might back off. And that's why I felt really, really compelled to do everything I could to win because I wanted prosecutors to know you can do the right thing. You're just going to have to survive some of these tough elections after some of these tough cases that you have to take. Mm -hmm. We want to break the wheel, but the reality is we're going to have to chip away at it. Your book feels like a historical record from inside the prosecutor's office, from your viewpoint as attorney general, from the moment you cried watching the video of George Floyd being murdered to the moment his killers were held accountable. Why is it important to have this record? Because sadly, these kind of things are likely to happen again before we bring this phenomenon to an end. I felt very, very firmly, very strongly that I want other folks who who care about policy issues, just ordinary citizens, prosecutors, city council members, all kinds, mayors, you know, Congress, to know what happened from the inside so that they can draw whatever lessons are there so that we can bring this problem to a close because one, we can stop it. We can stop police brutality. We can have a better relationship between police and community. And I think creating a historical record is key. And I hope somebody reads this book and says, you know, this could happen in my town. Here's some things they did here that worked. Here's some things they did that maybe didn't work. And we can use them to prevent and to stop this problem, to break the wheel. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. His new book is Break the Wheel, Ending the Cycle of Police Violence. Thank you so much. Thank you, Layla. I think he's going to come under a lot of opposition. How dare him even suggest that we break the cycle? I don't know. Anybody else wants to share their thoughts on his move? His recommendation? You are completely right. He is going to be public enemy number one. Um, he, they, police officers have this thing called the Law Enforcement Bill of Rights. And when officers hear about that, it's, it's, it's almost a, a, a statement of immunity mm-hmm. for officers, right? And everything you're saying, I, I can personally testi- testify to. You know, once upon a time, without giving out too much of my personal stuff, but once right. upon a time, uh, there was this, I was in the exact same position George Floyd was a few years back. And a police officer had body slammed a pregnant woman in Tulsa. I, it was like, it was the most unacceptable thing I visualized in my life. My natural response was to attack him. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having a fight with seven police officers in that moment. What as a what happens as a result of that is I have to go to court and prepare for them to throw me in the deepest cell they can find because they charge me with inciting a riot, uh, uh, aggravated assault and battery on police officers and resisting arrest and inciting a riot, which is a felony because mm-hmm. there was a lot of people there. So in, in the process, fast forward, they didn't know that I had a videotape of what happened. So after they, the police officers perjured themselves. I had no idea who 
I would end up confronting. I would end up confronting the next chief of police and the next district attorney for the city of Tulsa. In the process of doing all that, our own police department, our black law officers filed a lawsuit on their own police department. So they merged with my lawsuit to give me guidance and advice on how we change the system. How do we create policy to prevent things like this from happening in the future? How do we protect people? How do we prevent people from, from being the victims of stuff like you just said in George Floyd's incident, right? When you go and try to, try to confront stuff like that, that's what you're confronting. Like, you know, as US citizens, we have a constitutional bill of rights, right? Well, no, I didn't know police officers had their own bill of rights. And, this, and the system does have to change. So anything that goes against their bill of rights can only be done if the CEO of your city, which is the mayor, and the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police, grant it to be so, which is going to be virtually impossible. Oh, boy. That's why when, when you do mess up too bad, where they can't, <laughs> they like, look, the Bill of Rights ain't going to protect you. Then they fire you. Then it ain't on them. But as long as you own the job and you whether you suspend it or whatever the case may be, you will always be protected. But that he's I mean, he's right. You got to change it from the inside. It's a culture. It is a culture. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think. Oh, and by the way, I won my I won my lawsuit, by the way. So yeah. 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 <laughs> Good for yeah. you. Good. And it's a shame. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I want to believe that he is extremely conscious and he is well aware and has, has broadened his back and put armor across his back and is prepared for the backlash. I want to believe he is. I want to feel that he carefully thought this thing through from beginning to end that making these assertions could cause a, B, C, D, and E. I think he has done that. I don't think he's just blindly putting this book out and doing these interviews. But somebody has to do it, right? We, we sit and we talk about the need for change and we, we, we identify the things that need to be amended. But everybody's afraid to take that bold step. So I applaud him and I think everyone needs to rally behind him. Those who believe in justice truth equity and equality i believe if we stand for those things we ought to rally behind him and support him and protect him you already know i'm gonna just say that without saying much more all right we're gonna take a quick break when we get back we have um health and sands sports and business news so keep it locked let's go back a little more in the day who remembers this one take me um Take me there, yeah. Black Street. Who remembers this? I wanna take you there. I wanna take you there. I gotta take you there. I gotta take you there. I wanna take you there. I wanna take you there to the Black Street. Black, 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 Black Street. Take you there. Gotta take you there. I wanna take you there.
25 after the top of the hour. I know it's lunchtime for some of us. Thank you to everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Here is Tatiana Ali Daydreaming. Somebody was talking to me, but I couldn't understand the word they said. Not that I was trying to be rude, but conversation couldn't make it through. The thoughts of love I have for you. Baby, your face takes up my time, cause I can just see. Big thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Here's the little Maroon 5, She Will Be Loved. Turned Up Tuesday, we're playing yesterday's hits, today's favorites. Thank you to my Clubhouse family for hanging out with me for Coffee Intel, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. It is where I read the news and we share our views. Squeeze in this one from Rihanna. Four, five seconds. an optimist sun was shining I'm positive then I heard you was talking trash hold me back 
like I'm about to spaz Yeah, I'm about four or five seconds from wildin' And we got three more days till Friday I'm trying to make it back home by Monday morning I swear I wish somebody would drive Oh, that's all I want And I know that you're home tonight Thinking how could I be so selfish But you call about a thousand times Wondering where I've been Now I know that you're home tonight Thinking how could I be so reckless But I just can't apologize I hope you can It is the bottom of the hour. We're going to go ahead and get back to business. Time for business and tech news. Javet, thank you for sending this one over. First up, NAACP issues travel advisory alleging Florida hostile to African Americans. Uh-huh. The NAAC president, NAACP president accused Governor Ron DeSantis of a dereliction of duty, story courtesy of ABC News. Uh, The National NAACP Board of Directors has issued a formal advisory against traveling to Florida, alleging the state has become hostile toward African-Americans under the leadership of Governor Ron DeSantis. The move by the NAACP board calling on travelers nationwide to forego visiting Florida comes as a AAA travel estimates 42.3 million Americans plan to hit the road this weekend this coming weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. The board voted unanimously to issue the travel advisory, saying the decision comes in direct response to Governor Ron DeSantis's aggressive attempts to erase black history and to restrict diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in Florida schools. Florida is openly hostile toward African Americans, people of color, and LGBTQ plus individuals. Before traveling to Florida, please understand that the state of Florida devalues and marginalizes the contributions of and the challenges faced by African Americans and other communities of color. Derek Johnson, the NAACP president and CEO, accused DeSantis and other state leaders of a dereliction of duty and called the trend of failing to teach an accurate representation of the horrors and in equalities that black Americans have faced and continue to face, which is a disservice to Florida students. He went on to say that under the leadership of Governor DeSantis, the state of Florida has become hostile to black Americans and in direct conflict with the democratic ideals that our union was founded upon. He should know that democracy will prevail 
because its defenders are prepared to stand up and fight. We are not backing down, and we encourage our allies to join us in the battle for the soul of our nation. The travel advisory was initially proposed in March by the NAACP's Florida State Conference. At the time, DeSantis called the proposal a pure stunt. Oh, boy. Ah. <laughs> Do I believe DeSantis cares? Zero. Mm. Go ahead, David. He don't care. Yeah, there's a... Uh... Uh, there's this uh, sister uh, named uh, uh, Teslin uh, uh, Fiergama, right? She is actually from Florida, right? And she's worked in politics for quite a long time. And I was listening to one of the episodes of her podcast, and she was just talking. She talked about she was talking about this, and she made an interesting statement about why she didn't agree with the NAACP there on this, right? Right? Like she understood the reason why they said it, right? She gets that. But she says, what about the black people that live in Florida, especially the black people who don't, you know, who don't have money to move to another state, who don't have money to do all this kind of stuff. Right. Or people, black people there who run businesses in the state of Florida. Right. Uh Right. You know, that that that, you know, when black people come there as tourists. Right. They're gaining, you know, they're getting some of that business. Right. At their restaurants. Right. They're different businesses. So she's basically saying in that in that concept, you're basically telling all these black people not to even come to the state and service the black people who run businesses in there, right? Because of the because of the the realistic and understandable disagreements with with the governor. That those things don't make sense, right? From a business standpoint, it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense to tell black people not to do that, right? Because you are impacting the black businesses that exist in the state of Florida when you when you push something like that as a response, that there should be something different that wasn't it. And so I did agree with her from that standpoint, right? Pushing people to boycott a business, right, that maybe discriminates against people is one thing, or to boycott, you know, something doing that. But you have to do, you do have to think about the black people who own businesses in the state. And you also have to think about the black people who aren't in the economic position where they could hop up and go to another state if they wanted to leave there. You have to think about that when we think about these kind of things. And it just can't be uh, from a position that would seem like if you are a middle class or well-to-do black person, you can easily hop around from one place to another. So that's what I wanted to add. Thank you so much, uh, David. Um, in the chat, L says, that's why we should have a fund to help those businesses move or supplement their income. Voting matters. A lot of businesses vote their, with their wallet and not the overall sco- s- scope of the landscape. While I understand um, the message that the NAACP is trying to send, um, as you highlighted, David, we have to be careful. Um, We have to think about those businesses who may have just started up. They may have started in their garage and were finally able to set up brick and mortar and have you know, revolving doors where customers are able to come in and they're able to interact. That's a a possibility that we are now buckling. If we promote the the total boycott of Florida, that's going to cause businesses, black-owned businesses, to buckle. And then what's going to happen? So I have to agree with Elle. While promoting the boycotting of the state of Florida, 
How are we going to ensure as a community throughout the nation? How are we going to ensure that these black owned businesses will not fail because of this boycott? Good morning. Morning, naturalist. Uh, the um, NWCP, I, I don't think the, uh, the directive uh, will have any kind of weight. But I do, I do understand that um, sometimes you have to take a stance uh, because in every struggle, in every war, it's always those who get hurt. Mm-hmm. And I know that many folks who decide to go to Florida on vacation or on a trip, you know, people like me who are, who are self-conscious, you know, will search for these um, black-owned establishments. But most folks, they just go on a vacation. They're not trying to find, you know, where is a black-owned um, establishment. So I think sometimes, you know, you have to take a stand because um, I look at the, 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 the athletes and the stars who are still just doing business like, like nothing is happening. So how do you get to make a change if you, un- if you are unwilling to take a stand? And in everything, somebody always get hurt. You don't want it to be you or your family, but for the quote unquote the um, the bigger good, it's always someone that get hurt. So, is that the right solution? I don't know. Is it the wrong solution? I don't know. But you got you got to take a stand somewhere. And I'm disappointed, especially uh, in the the, the 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 heat players. You know, those who are in, in power in a position of influence. Um, as NBA stars, that they all went for the Colin Prokovnik. Um, they figured it, they don't want to get the same treatment, mm-hmm. so they all are just silent. As far as I know, they all are, are just silent. So if they are silent, or maybe they are saying, you want if you took on Disney and Disney is the biggest employee in the, in, in the um in the state, what will he do to to me? But sometimes you have to be willing to sacrifice something to gain in the long run. Right now, if nobody's willing to sacrifice, how do you stop the scientists? And his tribe. Mm-hmm. Land right in. <sighs> Thank you, naturalist. Um, we know that Florida's economy, as the article points out, relies heavily on tourism. An estimated 137.6 million people visited the state in 2022, the most ever, and that's according to Visit Florida, the state's official tourism marketing corporation. In 2021, tourism pumped $101.9 billion into the state's economy. DeSantis won his second term as governor back in November and is expected as early as this week to file paperwork with the Federal Election Commission declaring his candidacy for presidency. Now, with his um, (laughs) desiring to run for presidency, I hope it is my wish, yes, that he doesn't go further than being just a dream. It, it will be a dream of his and it will never come to fruition. So we know how to shut that down. But I also would love for him not to be able to win, to be governor in the state of Florida, even though he has protected himself, he signed a bill to protect himself that he can still run as for governor. In the, is it so? Yeah. In the state of Florida, my wish is that he will be locked out once and for all but there's an unfortunate truth there are latinos who are fully aware of what's going on and say they will still vote for him 
they'll still vote for him. Latinos who came here on a boat, on a raft, risked their lives to get here. They will vote Republican. And there's nothing we can do or say that will change that. So they are going to support. And they agree with this thing that's going on as far as immigration is, con is concerned. They are anti-immigrants, but yet they're immigrants who risk their lives to get here, whether it's through the border or th um, the Mexico border or through um, coming across the sea. Yes, they are opposed to it. They don't want immigrants here, but they made it. They believe that they have arrived and they align themselves with the Republican Party because for them it means wealth. So if you have a group such as that supporting DeSantis and a large group, how are we going to be able to change Florida? Well, everybody else will have to wake up and get busy voting, seeing to it. He doesn't have a chance since voting is the only way we can get it done. Wake up and work. Don't sit by and say, well, it's more of the same. Well, we, re we, <laughs> we know if we don't vote, he more than likely going to be right there with us. And God is to tell what's going to happen to the state of Florida when he gets back. He is signing bills left, right, and center that we can't even keep abreast of. There are so many. You hear of so many bills being signed. I've lost count. The only one good one so far is the one that he doesn't want the central bank um, digital system here. I agree with that. I don't want it here either. That's the only thing he's signed off on that we can agree on. Everything else, oh, I don't know about you. Oh, boy. So let me check the I'm chat. Rising. Go ahead. Hold on one second, Afo. Let me check the chat real quick. Um, Crystal says, how relevant is the NAACP? Who in here is a member and takes their advice? Chief said there are dangerous places all over America. Sonette is um, reminding us it's just an advisory, so basically be cautious. Elle says he could be running against Trump, and I believe if running against Trump, Trump may win. I think people love Trump more than they love DeSantis. That's because a lot of immigrants without understanding... Um, how stuff impacts everyone, they vote Republican because those Cubans were the ones that kept the Baptiste in power. The Baptiste in power. The Baptiste was the puppet the Americans put in power to promote and apply the racist practices and laws in Cuba. Go right ahead, um, Apple. Go ahead. Yeah, go rising again, everybody. Good morning. Um, yeah, um, honestly. My life more important than somebody I make money. You know what I mean? Whether uh, somebody black or whatever, my life more important. You see me? I say, uh, my, my, my family life more important. You see me? I say, so if it, and we all know, say the NWACP, uh, whatever they want to call themselves, they must sell out. You see me? They must have time when they sell out and whatever it is. But 
the fact that we'll see what take place and they will come out and say whatever, say yo, is a put out an advisory, say yo, be cautious or plural and whatever it is. Uh, I think it's something more people will take seriously because we'll see what we'll see what the, um Randy Santis are doing. You get me I say? Um uh, 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 also this voting thing Look, we know we already know say oh Republicans. We we know them seriously. We know say hey, them are demon, them racist, <laughs> them them all right with it, you know. But that not mean say if you run go vote for a a a, a next party where pretend like them care about you on the NAD, them nah do nothing for you, is it me? So how about just say look, we just black people for the whole, just stay out of the election. Whether for Republican or um, Democrat, and just make them figure out them one thing, because at the end of the day, none of these parties for you, not not but, one. They're not for you. But we so, can't do that either, because if every black person hold on, hold on, no, Afro. If every black person stands back and not cast a vote, you, what 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 ultimately is going to happen? Do you know what's going to happen? And then who do we blame at the end of the day? We have no one to blame but ourselves for whatever is handed out to us. Yeah, so, but the issue is... Blame yourself moments how you, you mean? Vote for your party, when you vote for your party, um, don't people, black people are blaming themselves right now because they're wrong to vote for... Um, but it's who are we voting for? Why not just come out tight, steer out the election? Like, nobody ever like... Black, a group, um, black so, people from the world ever like, say, yo, you know what? We vote for. We already know say the Republicans them racist. Them not like black people. So here we are not gonna vote for them. So let me ask you a question, Afro. Look, look, I want you to think about this. If every black person holds back their vote and only the white people vote in this country, or people who align themselves with the white um, community, if they are the only ones who vote and they say, "Okay, lynching is back," you catch catch Afro lynching. What do you have to say at that point? Well, yeah, we all got we all got guns now, man. We can defend ourselves in in, in in that manner. Mm, okay, I'm sorry, say, but apart from that, still, um, um, naturalist, like again, me, me, me try for one if like black people ever just say, you know what? Again, what we have to ever say, Republican, we know some racists. They don't like black people. They don't ever do nothing for you. The only person you kind of do, I look at something here and there for black folks as a Republican. I went trophy chumpy in power. You see me? But at the end of the day, we know so they're not for us. They're not like we. But what is the sense of a wrong go to our side where I pretend to like, oh, long now, with them are pretend, so them, 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 they are for you. And when you wrong go vote for them, them cry for your vote, them wrong go kiss up your black baby. Them, them are put on all sorts of dashiki. So what is the solution? Them okay, are, what is the solution, Afro? Because what's the solution? Just stay, stay out. All right. Okay. Stay out of them election. Don't vote for them and see how it turns out. Rather okay. Rather than have a wrong vote for a party and at the end of the day, them not like it. Um, them not do nothing for now. I'm not going to come play. Oh, All right. I got to wrap you up. I got to wrap you up because I got to wrap you up. Got to wrap you up. So after your thing is do not vote for them. Naturalist, go go ahead for me and then chief. I've, I've been saying that for a while and, and, and I think the reason why I've said that because I think when they realize that, guess what? You guys are all out of power because you choose not to have any black agenda, not to do any of the things that you have promised us. How many, how many things have they promised us and they don't, they don't deliver anything? I mean, Democrats after Democrats after Democrats, are we still going to give them our vote? So 
I'm kind of with Apple on this part. I've said that one election, just sit back and just, you know, whatever happened because at the, at the end of the day, the limited rights come that we are getting, it ain't enough to feed everybody. So sometime, once again, back to that sacrifice, just sit back and watch them devour themselves. And then every, every other race group, whether it's Indian, whether it's Jews, they give the Democrats their, their, their vote. And I guarantee I could name a million things that Democrats have done to benefit them. But we as black folks, lip service. All right. Right there. All right, thank you. Chief, one minute. Go right ahead. Chief, where are you? Okay, so I'm here. I'm here. So on on this on the on a local on the local local voting scene. That's strictly what I'm speaking about. On the local local voting scene, it is you should make it a priority to vote. Not just vote, groom your own candidate. Not just groom your own candidate. Have your candidate sign a community agreement uh, 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 platform so that you know we have a candidate who is not only we have not only groomed, but we have a we have a written statement where they said, in the event that I fail to meet the agenda of this community, I will personally accept removal. That's what we did right here in our city, and we have of complete white city council board and there was no black representative and we got us a representative a sister named vanessa hall harper and she is bad to the bone unapologetic and signed that agreement and she put power in the black community and she is not she her her motto is unbought and unbossed mm -hmm. if we're not going to take control if we're not going to take control then i agree with everybody else back out of it but if we, this is a war, it's not a, uh, <laughs> it's not, this is non-negotiable, right? Because what we're saying in essence is I will allow myself to be exposed and to be victimized by a system and by politicians who don't care about me. I will allow it and we don't have to allow it. That's the thing. And when you have never had taken, when you've never taken possession of political power and empowerment, then it's just not meant for you. But when, right. you, when you get a taste of it, you will accept it and you will, you, will, you will run with it. And that's exactly what we did. That's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Thank you. Um, thank you, Chief. David, go right ahead. One minute. Okay. Yes, I agree with what Chief said. I also want to add this, too, because we got into the habit of electing people that look like us. Look, there are 53 black people in Congress, right? That means that three of them are Republican. If you exclude them, if you don't think they'd get on board, the other, those other 50 could stop anything in Congress and, you know, if we didn't get what we wanted, but they're not doing that. Uh, but I think a local level thing is important. But here's the thing we also get into the habit of doing. We get into the habit of electing people that look like us and then we don't hold them uh, as chief was time, but we don't have a contract with them. We don't hold them accountable for anything. So every time they come back to get reelected, they just say, vote for us. They're racist, you know, you know, that kind of thing. They use they use the identity based thing to keep themselves in power, right? And get themselves things they want personally while not having any kind of impact on the communities that they represent. And since most black people are elected, whether it's on a local level or even a state or a federal level, usually are elected from mostly black districts that have been carved out on a federal level, we could have black people run 
as independent candidates and win in our own districts because it's not like most of the black districts, unless you're talking about being a senator, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the black districts are not like districts where there's a bunch of white people or other people that you have to compete with for a vote. So that could be also another alternative. Another alternative. Thank you so much. L. you're next. One minute. Let's go. Thank you. I wasn't going to come up and talk, but <laughs> David said everything what I was about to say because all skin folk ain't kin folk. Just because someone looks like you doesn't mean they're going to vote their conscience. And also, too, not people think every like the government is supposed to fix everything. That is not true. If you own a business, if you're pouring your money into a community, that's where it starts. If you want change, use your wallet. I get the NAACP. Yes, it's antiquated. It is not a racist thing um, uh, organization. It's just antiquated in its thoughts because it's from the civil uh, the civil rights movement, and it has not adjusted the way it attacks problems as a community. But if you want change, you need to start, you need to be the change you want to see. If there's a problem with the police, then encourage more kids in the community who have a moral compass to become police officers within your community and live within the community. Many of these police officers live in, for instance, where I used to live, um, Maryland and the Towson area pays the most to the police officers. However, those police officers are from Pennsylvania and York, PA. Pennsylvania has like 13 active, or probably a little bit more now, 13 active Klan organizations. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So if you want change, Start a business, become teachers, become not even just teachers, get on that board. You don't have to be a parent to be a part of the school board. Do other things. You don't have to be in Congress. And also to say, don't vote. Silence is being complicit. complicit. You can't complain when something happens if you don't go out and vote. So telling people not to vote is not the solution. Telling people to read the freaking ballot. So regardless if the person is black, white, Asian, Latino, whatever it is, you need to read that ballot and read their platform to see what the heck they are about because it may be something that gets slipped in. Exactly. Ignorance is not an excuse anymore. I hate hearing that. We need to dumb down the words. We need to do this. You are being complicit in your own death when you say don't vote and you're not uh, you're not educated about what's going on. That's all I wanted to say. I'm thank going back you, to the Elle. bottom because I just wanted to listen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Al. Okay, beloved, 60 seconds, and then I got to go to wrap up. Go ahead, beloved. Yeah, I, I just want to agree with the folks who are saying about voting. I mean, for whatever it's worth, we're in a democracy. And so justice is moved by the vote. And that's the way That's the way this Organ- this this country is organized or disorganized. And so there is the local level voting will help support the schools, the way policing happens. Um, on the state level, that's when you start talking about how your taxes are are orchestrated and how like what your taxes are going to your other level rights like gun control and stuff like that. That's on the state level, even healthcare to a certain extent. And then for the broadest level issues are national elections. And that seems to get almost everybody's attention when it's about the president. It's important, but not the things that you're going to feel the most um, satisfaction with is what's happening on the state level and in your local elections, which most people, as someone else said, 
like don't show up for and that's where the biggest and those are the people when you can at these little democrats or these little offices they become election part of the electorate and then you're you're moving the electorate which then informs the presidential elections and we give up so many seats to people who are incumbents, who are lifelong politicians, who are there to replicate and to maintain like stability in what the Congress looks like or the Senate looks like. And we need to remove those incumbents. And I just wanna say like in the last, since since Obama was elected, there have been so many new right, and exciting I have to put, I have candidates. to pause you, I have to pause you. Don't go anywhere, beloved. Hold on to that thought. I need to do my okay. on-air wrap up and I will be right back so we can have our closing arguments all right uh here is shine head try my love to take us out no our girls just wanted so yo 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 and god knows oh anything i said don't misconstrue shine it pass and show you're gonna live on road lane street or avenue watch this big thing i want for an hour this fence build up charm you hear that guaranteed after going to leave Gotta give a big thank you to everyone that logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening on JohnNoRadio.com. Don't forget to download the John No Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. John No Radio, take us on the go. And of course, I got to give a big thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Coming up later on this evening, 7 p.m. Eastern, it is The Rose Solo Show. Live on QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, WKRIS, CoffeeRadio.com. 7 p.m. Eastern, tune in. Watch this. Many things about you sure does please me. And I like the fact that you're not easy. What you're looking for in a To my listeners on QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com, this is Moments With Me signing out. This was a Moments With Me media production. Take care of yourselves, and I catch you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Join me then. Not bad to look at and an acute sense of humor Hang with the roughest but certainly not a rudy Sometimes I shut up cause I'm a little bit moody In your chain I'm a missing link And I'm always wondering what you think I was told in romance that I got it going on In other words girl, big things I want so Hey I'm in online My Mr. Shine You hear that? So sweet To the fullest breakfast in bed, yo, tell them I said chivalry ain't dead. Big shock is Romeo. That-